0: Talk Brunch. Served
1: hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer here, aka Captain Brunch. It is co-host, Mr. Destin Soblo Frazier.
2: So, I love how all I've been hearing is we dragged Christopher Columbus' name to the mud today. Y'all know he dead, right?
1: Been dead forever. He yeah, discovered no America We don't ever have days for who discovered Alcohol and marijuana though Those, those should be like days He discovered America but What about the goods that you oh, grew out you of know,
2: it? If you ask everybody else There were people here before him yeah. Don't act like okay, They should have about that shit like four years ago I don't want to
1: hear it Were the people before him canon though? <laughs> you gotta find out with they the cannon. That would be my biggest <laughs> concern
2: yeah, We're about to have so much America he, Oh my god I'm just
1: I'm asking. I'm not I'm not yeah. making a statement. I'm making a comment. They can't give me heat for that. Surprise. Well, tonight we're gonna to be talking about what happened with the WWE draft and the stupidity of it all. Along with uh, thoughts from various people, as well as covering more of the G1 climax and the Ring of Honor pure tournament. What else do we got on the table? Of course we got the NXT and AEW Wednesday night wars and how that's going along with a bunch of different news and updates on crazy things that have been happening across the globe. Thank you to everybody listening across all of our podcatcher apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Also, thank you to all of you listening to the video version available on twitch.tv talkbunch, as well as facebook.com talkbunch and facebook.com gaming talkbunch, and of course talkbunch.com, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somewhere. Of course, iHeartRadio, so get the podcast version there. Thank you all. And of course, in the live channel, we will shout you guys out later. We're paying attention to you. So you've been really attacking that G1, huh?
2: Yeah. Truth be told, I kind of feel bad. And I have to make it up to a ring of honor. I haven't had much time for them just because I've been like hammering away at this G1. Really? Like, this shit is nuts. Because this is this is the farthest I've ever made into a G1 without tapping out.
1: Yeah, just mother of lost God, you're you're a bit ahead of me, but we'll cover about I think three or four days today, if not more. I think as it gets closer to the finals, we're gonna get closer to being up to uh, up to date. Yeah, you know, it ain't I think easy. I'm still,
2: I still have night. I think eleven, and I, I have night at least twelve and thirteen still.
1: Like if the, I if I freaking uh, dedicate, if I could dedicate a whole weekend, I'm so I'm always doing stuff on the weekend. If I could dedicate a weekend to uh, covering it that would definitely help us out you know yeah Which i'm probably I mean, gonna have
2: to i mean like i've told you before i will, whenever i catch up on g1 i watch two days at a time yeah so it's like a straight four hours to where i'm just like going and it's oh
1: yeah no it's 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 wow you know what it is though if you get rid of i don't really there's always a young boy match in the front i don't really watch that
2: yeah um, i don't want you know is it just me or is it the same guys
1: I haven't i been watching, I couldn't tell. You know what it is? It's I, like I, honestly there's too much G one for me to watch that one young boy match in the front each time. I'll yeah. get to know them later. <laughs>
2: at some point. <laughs> you know. I like the last I think ever since night three, I I've been given the young boys match. Oh yeah. So it's just like ugh, I, I I can't do it.
1: Yeah. No, it's a little uh, No, I, I never watched a single one. I never had any intention. When it first came on, I was like, What is this? And then I was like, Oh, let me just skip the course. I mean, if you if you pass the commercials, it's really only five matches a night. You know, so. Some of these
2: guys are fucking long. Yeah. They push that time limit almost every time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll catch up. First, we're going to cover some news. Of course, you guys know we always like to do fun stuff first that we've come across on our program here. So the first thing is, uh, I see a link here. Kevin Nash is in this movie. It's called Chick Fight. Have you heard of this? What the fuck? No. He's always in weird things. Wasn't he in like some male stripper <laughs> movie or something at one point?
2: I think he was. I think what was it like Magic Mike or something? He was like that one cop that got injected with estrogen and fucking the longest yard. He's always just a weird ass role, and I was like,
1: let me see what the hell this is.
2: Swear to God, i up saying ruined Kevin Nash for me forever at that moment.
1: Oh, this is the trailer and dress him with your eyes. Peel up that spandex. Stop, Stop, that's not what I'm doing. His shorts are so tight, you can see that his little dude is also wearing a tiny bike
0: helmet. Okay, you
3: seem upset.
4: Well, my business oh, is in yeah. the toilet. I don't have insurance. Oh. I can barely pay my bills. Oh, come on. Today, my car got repossessed. Other than that, I'm
5: amazing.
0: It's time for you
5: to come face to face with who you are and what you're capable of. What is this place? The answer like to this all movie. your problems. Ta-da!
1: <laughs> what the <laughs> Oh wait a minute. I see they're gonna be MMA fighters. This is gonna be campy. You know that. I gotta turn it down a little super so tall. Kidding me? Woo! This is a shelter, a safe haven for women to come without societal judgment. Come on, Sarah McLaughlin. What you got, Lizzo?
2: <laughs> it looks it's bad. Chicks
1: you're up next,
5: Rocky. <laughs> Are you gonna tap out? When the, tap
1: out, man. Three weeks in a row, and Raw off. Underground so is nowhere to be you found.
5: It took a lot of courage. It would take a miracle work. So, this is, is the new Raw I think Underground. Look how fast the they abandoned really that shit. Mm-hmm.
1: They abandoned it faster than the freaking. Uh, <laughs> raw now this is just strange weird, this movie. Strange. To do what, is that a... I'm part
6: of a fight club. That sounds
2: dangerous.
1: One oh, the bald ones. That's bolder, of Baldwin, right? Oh, me.
0: shit.
2: I, I, I
6: Punch them square in the face. Oh, 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 oh. Oh.
7: I like you, Heidi. Anna. Okay, Anna. let's go with that. You don't even hit like a girl. You hit like a cat. Like a cat that can't box.
5: Oh! Ow! It's like that should be about real competition Real fighters She moves like Neo in the Matrix mm-hmm. I'm not
4: afraid of you Cobra Kai You better watch your back Yeah, This
1: is well, definitely you like a comedy
4: Front parts <laughs> This is <laughs> definitely <laughs> like the Kevin. I'm she's
1: surprised it doesn't have Melissa McCarthy Here's being tomorrow. corny
6: Heads up Let's
1: go She's liking everything that's bad
6: Walk away mom jeans These are tight I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna a leave. Leave. Hit the
6: front.
1: That's it and know what It's the you ready to believe?
6: Like
1: Come on. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Suspension of disbelief has to suspend his disbelief. I guess, right? Yeah, that's
1: Okay. He's suspending the yeah. suspension of disbelief <laughs> with the gravity in that shit. <laughs> Okay, if you're listening on the podcast on demand, which you probably are because it's late as hell, uh, we got the uh, link up on our Twitter. Now we just wave a like from Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is asleep now, too. Like I said, we're very nocturnal, aside from our nocturnal community, you know. Don't like it tomorrow. <laughs> Talk Brunch was taped in front of a live podcast audience.
2: <laughs> no, we're, Come on, man. We're, we're not Talk Brunch power, all right?
1: <laughs> come on. Don't do that to them.
2: now I have more jim corn than heat.
1: (laughs) So, what is the multiverse of Matt Hardy?
2: Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm I'm frightened.
1: Me too. I thought you knew.
2: With him, he could be anything.
1: (laughs) Apparently, it's a new web show that he has. Oh, this would be. I wonder if he'll do different personalities. Hello,
4: my name is Matt Hardy. I've been a professional wrestler for 28 years. During this 28 years, I've created an entire multiverse with all of my different personalities and identities. Let me tell you a little something about promos. Oh. Do you have any, any idea how hard 2020 has been on me financially? I knew you'd come. I thought you'd left me. I haven't. I'm here. I've always been here.
1: That was, And that's how he ends it. That was it. That was the most abrupt shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was literally a teaser to it, huh? Yeah. He licked the tip and then went on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's after dark. The kids were in bed, damn it.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I get a general idea of uh, it, yeah. I guess. Okay. Well, Matt hasn't been shown on AEW in a couple of weeks, right? Aside from sometimes in the background.
2: Yeah, he, we haven't seen too much of him.
1: Which I myself think is kind of silly. Like, why Why is he even in the background? You know, like, if you're injured and you're out, you get a big return if you go away.
2: It'd be better if, like, he be better to just not have him on at all, really, instead of just hanging out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the whole point? What's the use of it? They don't let you miss anybody in that company, though. Yeah. Uh. Oh, so, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, and that, I don't know if he ever really had a concussion or not. You know, they never made that clear either.
2: Yeah, we never fully heard. Like, we knew for sure he knocked himself smooth the hell out. But we never really, yeah, we never got a full-blown confirmation on if it was um
1: a concussion. They really wanted to sweep that one under the carpet, though. Yeah. You know, like, that. I don't know if we'll ever know what happened or if he agreed to cover, you know, and Rebby kind of screwed it up for them. But, yeah, there's definitely something that was weird that was going on there.
2: They said we are a GT initiative with the quickness.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jim Ross uh, recently posted a little bit about negative people, and I thought it was interesting because, you know, Jim Ross is very vocal about things. Uh, I have the clip here. I'm going to also share it out on social media. Wow, we have a lot of clips here. Hopefully, we're not here all night.
3: I have this saying nowadays uh, my, about m- myself that maybe others can consider uh, attaching to. I have no room in my carry-on for negativity. Since Jan left us, I've gone through my list of friends who tagged in and who didn't, and I have eliminated any negative people. Politely, it wasn't a big deal, I didn't go on Twitter. We can't do anything about yesterday other than learn from it. We can only directly affect today. Because tomorrow's not guaranteed. And when you lose a loved one, boom, like that. It's no sickness, no illness. She's as healthy as she could be. You realize that tomorrows are not guaranteed for any of us. Basically, live for today and be happy. Simple deal. And if people are in your life that are paying the asses, lose them. Well, that's awful harsh. Yeah, but my mental health is more important than being being harsh or not. If somebody doesn't want to play team ball and be nice,
1: you, you don't have to deal with them. I like that. <laughs> it's that common sense but i like hearing it from good old jr rewarded. he's 100 percent right about that
2: yeah that's that's kind of been besides the pandemic that's been the story of 2020 for me <laughs> like i could give a shit how long i've known you if you are not contributing any kind of positivity you got to go
1: yeah. We, we spoke a little about this off the air this week. You messaged me, uh, I believe Sunday, but, uh, just getting a little bit more into that. I, I told you that, uh, I find this version of talk brunch, if you will, better, easier to manage, a lot more streamlined and simplified, a lot more content, you know, a little bit less campy, if you will, because I kind of feel like we got older and like, you know, along with that, you stop being campy. Uh, and also, even though there's a lot of functions technically, I find it easier for me to uh to manage and deal with. I don't feel like a fucking babysitter on here. And a lot of that has to do with his philosophy. Like you and I came to certain points like a lot of people feel like it was might that don't have a look behind the curtain might feel like it was sudden. But you and I, for a long time, were speaking about people that were part of the community that were just negative or just a fucking drag and we are uh, slowly, tactically, try to uh, sort of, I guess, peel peel the Band-Aids off, you know?
2: Yeah, we can, We kind can, of, like, a certain, so, because let's clarify something. Nobody was ever thrown out of here, in a sense. But it was just, like, gradually they kind of gave every reason that they had to go. It's not just, like, a sudden boom. I just, but on top of that, we kind of planned for after that Band-Aid was peeled off.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just, it was never, I just kind of stopped contacting to be completely full disclosure. I just kind of stopped contacting individuals, uh, that I felt were too much trouble to, uh, continue to, uh, do this kind of content with, not even on a personal matter, kind of like the way JR saying, but just kind of like if you're trying to play a team sport, you kind of need everybody to be in unison. And to be honest with you guys, sometimes it would take me more time and more effort and stress to collaborate with everybody, um, than, uh, than if I would have just not done it at all and just done everything myself, which on a technical level that's sort of what I do now. And then Destin carries the, uh, the, the play by play, the color, in a lot of the, the situations. But yeah, it was I there was a bit too much babysitting, and I, there came a lot of points where it made me feel negative about the show because it was like oh, I got to deal with this person, I got to talk with that person. We'd have like five or six motherfuckers on here, and at the end of the day, no one like everyone was contributing opinions more than actual substantial content that you can use and carry over i felt like people left listening maybe entertained but not so much informed where it's like now i think that the balance is a little bit better you know and um, i
2: near 50 50 at some point
1: yeah. And is and, and unlike before, there's not, there's not even any collaborating guys. Like, uh, anyone who's in the chat room, you guys know sometimes we pop in for like two minutes before we actually broadcast and just talk just before the show. That's the most collaboration that we do. It's like, that's the, like, this kind of, we have, we're in unison because at the end of the day, he's a lot sharper than a lot of our previous panelists that we had on here. You know, it's like a lot of the shit is common sense. And that's what used to make me seem like a tyrant that, uh, sometimes people would just miss common sense. <laughs> you know, and it was like you. So it just it's easier now, you know. And like Stacy says, yeah, Jr. Fuck them. That's what I say. Fuck
2: them. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of like Father said that when I one interview. Fuck them. That's <laughs> well, like yeah. the greatest fall, bad luck follow moment ever.
1: Yeah, but I kind of I found it easier to do that kind of stuff not only on our on airline but in my personal life i've done a lot of trimming of the fat and i I find it kind of easier when you do that without animosity or without any kind of malice or well fuck this person or fuck like on a serious note like i just kind of trimming the fat, you know what i mean it's kind of like yeah. if you are you know if you get a delivery from amazon and then afterwards you take it out of the box you probably scrub your address off of it and then you take the box break it down and put it in your garbage at no point are you like fuck this box get this box out of my sight i can't set it's just like it's the necessity of moving things out of the way in order to not have garbage around if only i could write down fuck this box i swear to god <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i started doing that i think in my personal end and I, if you will my professional life as far as just yeah you know i'm not gonna it's not a matter of anger because you if you hold on to that kind of shit with people like any malice you have towards people fallouts and shit like that it fucks you up more than it does them you know, so for me, uh, it's more of just letting go of things in a different way. You know, whether it be friends, whether it be family, whether it be, you know, coworkers or colleagues or whatever. Uh, it's just a lot more liberating when you just do it exactly the way Jr described. You don't have to tweet about it or post about it, which I never do. You guys have seen. I've, I've pretty much almost never really posted on um, my issues. You know, unless it gets elevated, I'm never someone to elevate things. But, uh, yeah, you could just kind of cut people loose and just move about your day. And most of the time it'll benefit you it's more like less is more. And I'm sure you've heard that saying before. And that's the reason I'm a lot happier with the current incarnation of what we do uh, rather than the the previous one. You
2: know, yeah, it keeps it extremely simple. I mean, just like you said, literally on the friggin nail that two minutes. You guys have sometimes heard me and Rick talking. Sometimes it's the most we've talked all week.
1: Yeah, we're honestly <laughs> and yet
2: you see and you see everything comes out of clue because I come here knowing what I need. Yeah. Every now and then if I need something extra. Rick will throw me a message or something like that, or if something else changes. But that is pretty rare nowadays.
1: Yeah. And I know that some of you have liked past people in our community. I've, I've come to find, honestly, having spoken individually to people in our community, not as many as I thought missed many people as I thought. Um, but there, yeah. are still a, there are still a few of you uh, that do. But it's kind of like, you have to understand, and I'm not pointing fingers at everybody, but in a lot of cases, I'm looking back in hindsight, we'd have cases of what people being marks for themselves. And the reason I throw that accusation out there of people being marks for themselves is because how would you be on a wrestling show and not have any idea what the hell you're going to bring to the table? When you're on here, you should be passionate about opinions. You know, who wants to hear generic monotone results being read? You know, who wants to hear like, you know, tongue in cheek or or lowbrow jokes constantly? And like none of the content's getting covered. You know, who the fuck wants to hear people talk about politics and they don't know shit about politics? There are people that we know that tweet about Donald Trump and the Republic the, the the freaking Republicans and the Democrats all the time. And if you would look More through all of their posts, themselves. And if you look through all their posts, the ironic thing about tweeting about that is none of the posts are politically based. None of them ever tweet about the policies themselves. They'll tweet Just about the person. the person. Oh, he's orange, his hair's fucked up, or this one has a bee on his head. This one looks like he has wings. Look at the suit that he wore. Oh, he's such an idiot. Look at the tweet that he put out. Never do you hear them talk about the policies. What are the policies that these people, when they come into office, are going to be bringing? What are they going to be taking away? What will they be changing? What exactly are they saying? And the reason you don't hear that when a lot of people are complaining politically is because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, which is the reason we talk about it on here. It's virtual signaling. You got people that just want to fucking be part of the politics without really knowing. So they'll talk about it on a very basic level. The best way I could explain it to wrestling fans is the difference between wrestling fans like the ones we have in our chat room and in our community that will talk about a match. And like someone who just watches like raw, which is nothing wrong with that. The casual fan that they just watch it the way you would watch wrestling as a kid, you know, it's a difference and we don't really knock them for it. But at the same time, the wrestling fans that are casual just enjoy the product for what it is. And they don't really look into it the way that we do. Um, but if they did start throwing their opinions around and we knew they were full of shit and didn't actually know the difference between selling and being over and all that other kind of shit and what a worker is, then we would put them in their place. And that's the way I feel about a lot of people, even past peers that we've had on here that are deeply enthralled in politics. I see their tweets and they don't realize how ignorant they 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 sound. And I'm fucking grateful because I'd be embarrassed. I think they'd be, they, it would be an embarrassment uh, to be recognized as our brand within our small community when you're saying dumb shit. Because when you don't know politics, but you try to talk about it, you sound fucking stupid, especially if you can go through someone's timeline and in the past five years. They haven't brought up one policy that they were opposed, that they were in opposition of or, or, or for. You know, and that's something that's really concerning to me. And it's something that I'm seeing a lot of people exhibit habits of not to make this too uh, political. Um, but a lot of people, not just my peers, but people in general will go and start posting. And when you really think about it, you don't know what it is that they have a problem with. What is the issue or the policy or the thing that happened? It's very general. When people will say, for example, this person caused this amount of death. This person caused 20,000 deaths. Did they really all by themselves? What are they, fucking uh, Thanos? (laughs) Because I've heard people say the president caused the 200,000. Really? All by him fucking self. Just him? Just him. That one (laughs) guy. You know, it's just a little bit weird. And again, this is me being neutral. I don't have a a political uh, affiliation. But I just, when I hear, I, I understand the way policies and the way politics at least at a, at a moderate level, work. That's another reason why, uh, and I know a lot of you have gone through it. I feel like all of us in 2020 are going through it, and that's the reason I'm bringing it up here, including good old JR. Um, that's the reason a lot of you, I think, if I asked you right now, I don't think that there's probably a single one of you listening to this that hasn't cut somebody off b- because there was some sort of a political reason, some sort of bullshit that, you know, they, they were obsessed with or hot over that you just had enough of hearing their shit about. wasn't like this a few years ago, but it's happening a lot now. And again, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just kind of feel like if you're going to have an opinion about something, have an opinion about it. An opinion shouldn't be, should be a bit devoid of emotion, at least on some level. Like, I don't know what anyone's opinion is that's angry on my timeline about republicans or donald trump like i don't know what their opinion on the policies is because they don't know what the fuck their opinion on the policies is so again if you've had to cut people off because they're just obsessed it's like they're trying to be a part of things that they have no business in do it without it being nasty don't get into an argument with them on social media that you don't like what they said and blah 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 blah. you know just slowly snip 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 (laughs) am i right
2: eventually the shit will fall (laughs) I'm just saying, if you guys have been following our Warhammer streams, I did that shit with a giant bell. I snip, 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 and eventually...
1: Warhammer. Check those streams out every Wednesday, 10 p.m. after AW. Cheap plug. Do it right here where where you're watching.
2: Right there. You see it? Right there.
1: Yeah, I liked hearing Jim Ross because I know a lot of us are going through similar things when I speak to people, especially you guys on... uh, on social media, people in my chat room that I did DM me and stuff, they've mentioned this. They're like, Oh, you know, this person, you know, how did you see what this person tweet? And after all, I'm like, you know what? No, I no longer see what they tweet because I'm very well conscious of how fucking stupid they are. So I stay away from it. My landing page on my browsers, like it'll go to Facebook, but it goes to the talk brunch Facebook. The Twitter goes to the talk brunch Twitter. Like when I have to get a tweet out, I don't want to land on the general page where I'm going to see the wall of shit, you know? the news feed, you know, so I land on my own page and I guess so that's when people are like, you know, haven't you seen what I said? Like I remember I messaged a friend recently and I was like, hey man, did you ever have the baby? You know, and he was like, Oh actually, you know, my uh my my, my wife lost it and we had another one and you know you know that. You, you don't read my timeline? No dude, I don't read anybody's timeline. You know, I didn't say it in a mean way, but I kind of in a very cordial way. Well no, I don't really give a shit about your timeline. Uh that's why I'm asking you. You know?
2: nothing personal I just don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so like that's sort of what I do. And I've told you before, one of the great things about having a Samsung Galaxy is that focus mode. When I get off of here, guys, the first thing I do is I press that focus mode. For those of you that don't know what it is, it literally lets you put apps to sleep. And the only apps you want alive are the ones that are prioritized. I turn off focus. I'm not having Facebook or Twitter or any of that. It's just people who can reach me locally. And I kind of take time. Sometimes I'm not, I don't turn it back on. This week I didn't turn it back on, honestly, until now, you know? And I think it's good to do, you know, just stay away from all of that shit. I'm not looking. I don't care what these people say about their timelines. If they really, and not to try to pat our own backs or anything, but if people really have something relevant to say, don't you think that they would use a more important platform than just social media? They should be using social media to promote the more important platform. But instead, that's all they do. So again, and and I know I'm talking a bit of shit about some of our past peers, but when I see some of the political posts, I like always just kiss the sky ingratitude of the fact that they're not representing our community anymore with the dumb shit that they're saying. And it's kind of made me more woke and more cautious, which is why Destin and I mainly run everything about what kind of uh, energy we're going to bring into the community. Because, uh, yeah, cutting people off rules. Write it down.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got excited about that one.
1: Cutting people off rules. Uh,
2: Shoot, I mean, when it comes down to like, you see people ending friendships or different opinions, I think we talked about it briefly off the air uh, last week. Sometimes I almost find it interesting when me and Rick differ on certain things. Like we differ slightly on um, certain aspects of AEW, NXT, certain things like that. It's never a problem with us because,
1: first of all, it's two people actually coming at it with knowledge. And then second of all, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, we never get mad. We never think it like that. We, because That's the whole point is to have different of opinions without people being pissed about it. People used to get hot on here. About you, about you. If you didn't like their opinion, you still have to get off the air. And you know, there was still heat. You know, it became like Sean and Brett type shit. Which is kind of like, yeah, you're carrying the storyline over into the damn out of the cafe. Like everybody just chill, you know. Tell your bitch to be cool. The people that are meant to be in your life, that are gonna do positive, are gonna always be there, you know. And I think that's what Jeff was trying to say. and You do learn. I can imagine what it felt like. I told you guys how I felt when he lost Jan. I thought that was the worst thing that could happen to that poor guy, you know. But you, you become a little bit more conscious of the people around you and the people that you value. I think not only as you get older, but as you start to lose people, which a lot of us have lost people during uh, this current crisis that we're going
0: through.
1: Anyway, that was morbid. I didn't know what the JR thing was going to be. It's not like I reviewed it on here, so this was unplanned.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, What do we got in other news here? We got Jericho and Cornette. That must be a lot of fun. Oh, God. What's happening here? All right. According to this, this ringside wrote wrote this story. he said, this is Jericho's tweet. Heard Jim Cornette is still burying me from my work in AEW. All good because my stuff has been amazing and a huge moneymaker for my company. But the, but the best part is if he would just shut the fuck up and pull his head out of his ass, we would probably offer him a consultant job. And then, uh, apparently after this, Jericho deleted the tweet and, uh, then Cornette responded anyway. And he said, since Jericho deleted this tweet, you got to read it here. And he has a screenshot of the deleted tweet. And he says, Chris, I'll tell you the same thing I told Tony a year and a half ago. I'm the only one who will tell you the truth because I don't want a job. After I've actually seen your show, there hasn't been enough money printed to hire me. (laughs) 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 Oh, Cornette. (laughs) It's weird how I didn't always get where Jim Cornette was coming from. Like in the beginning, I didn't agree with, even though I like Jim a lot. I didn't agree with a lot of his views on the product. But the more I see of the product, the more the stuff he says makes sense. Because uh, in a very short period of time, and that's what scares me, it's a year later. That's a lot of quality degradation. Like say what you want about WWE, but it took them years and years to manifest into the fuck ups that they are now. Like, it wasn't like it was one year. Like, it was, it was a slow process. And I, we were with them the whole time. It was like slowly being lowered into acid by a chain, starting with your feet, you know, like being dipped. If you ever saw who framed Roger Rabbit, that's what it felt like <laughs> being a WWE fan for like the last five, if not 10 years, is like a slow dipping. It took them a while. AEW, honestly.
2: Too.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I kind of feel like I have my thumb up. Right now, nah, <laughs> when it comes to WWE, like it's a slow sink That's into literally
2: the all I've been seeing during that whole fucking <laughs> description.
1: That shit killed me when I was a kid in the movie theater. I was devastated. Thumbs hanging oh, up. No last thing you hear da 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 up and
2: just the tears. Like,
1: <laughs> like that. Yeah. Right in the fields.
2: Right in the fucking fields.
1: Right in the fields. But yeah, this company, uh WWE, they took years. It's like AEW. I know they went through a hard time like everyone else did, but holy shit, there's just so many issues with them right now that I don't I've I've like lost count at this point. Like when I watched it on Wednesday, I I'm like just completely just pulling my hair out. You know, we'll get into it when we cover it. But I I just think it's unfortunate right now where they are and I kind of see where, where Cornet comes from with this, you know? And I'd like to see them do good because they have a great roster. It's just hard to believe that that roster of people, a lot of their main talent used to wrestle in Ring of Honor and in New Japan, because if I saw them now and I've never seen them before and was watching New Japan and Ring of Honor, I would have never thought that any of those guys were part of anything like G1 or the Ring of Honor tournaments or any, like it just, it's hard to believe that those are the dudes from the other shows that we watch. And that's sad to say.
2: Yeah. I'm feeling
1: right there. with you. Like what the hell? Like what, ha- what happened to the guys that we were watching? Like, remember that Kenny Omega that used to come out? That was incredible. That did all this crazy stuff. At one G one, like where the hell is that dude at? I, it's like I almost don't recognize these guys, you know. And that's something that usually only happens in WWE. It's just weird, man. Weird time. But again, we'll get into more when we get into uh, that. But Jericho, he's he's apparently definitely not making any friends, and I guess he's just being honest. But he was on Busted Open Open Radio, and uh he talked a little bit about the Shawn Michaels and Triple H match against Undertaker and Kane. And uh, I'm going to let you hear this and link you guys. Oh,
4: Jesus. I didn't want to work with Kane. I didn't want to work with Hunter. I didn't want to work with Sean. I wanted to work with guys that were younger than me because it puts you in a different position. It's the same thing in AW. There will never be a Chris Jericho versus Matt Hardy match. Never, 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 because we've seen that. And if you put it on, suddenly it's just two guys that worked 20 years ago in WWE. That doesn't make any sense. There might be a Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy and uh, you know Darby Allen match. That's exciting to me, but we don't. I never wanted to just okay. Well, like you know, the worst match I ever saw. And here's your clickbait: was Saudi Arabia, Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Kane and Undertaker. That was such a stupid idea in booking. It never should have happened. It should have been Shawn and Hunter versus Roman and Seth and Taker and Kane versus. I don't know. Give me two names of guys, Cesaro and freaking, you know, uh, 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 Kevin Owens, whatever you want. That's exciting. But it's like, oh, we'll go out there and we'll just wing it, brother. That doesn't work anymore. That old school mentality doesn't work. So I think it keeps it's kept me relevant to work with these younger guys and also learn from them. But more importantly, take these styles that they have and put my psychology in there, like Don mentioned the Isaiah match. I almost said that was one of my favorite matches because it was just last week. And it's as good of a match as I've had in the last three years. It really was. And that was his second ever singles match. Second ever singles match. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I think right there, Jericho bringing that up, that's pretty much the difference in philosophies, the clashing philosophies right there is that he says that one of the things he thinks that keeps him relevant is that he doesn't want to do matches that have happened already, which is why Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Undertaker and Kane going out there and winging it was a bad idea because everyone's already seen that you could give them something fresh, like pair them up with people that they've never seen before. And he said that that's what's kept him relevant. The fact that he goes out there and he learns from these younger guys and he learns their style. I think a lot of it is that. People would have expected it to be the other way around, where it's like, instead of him learning the younger guy faster style, sort of, it's usually the veteran who teaches the younger guy to slow down their style a little bit, uh, and to, you know, just do the relevant things for their offense and for their body of work, where it's like here, um, that is what I saw. That's exactly what I'm seeing with Jericho, which doesn't work as much as it sounds good on paper, like with that Cassidy match that he had. It's him turning up his style to meet the younger indie guys, and it doesn't work as well. And it has kept him relevant, but that's because AEW is like a new shiny toy. But I'm just wondering for the long term, is that a good way for wrestling to go? Because it really used to be, and I go back even to the old WWF days, it used to be that the Intercontinental guys were the War Curse guys. They were the AJ Styles and Jeff Hardys and Seth Rollinses that have the crazy wild matches for the IC title. And then it was always that the top guys were like the bigger, more muscular main event guys, and you'd get more like a like a match like that, like a Randy Savage match or something, you know, a Ricky Steamboat or, or even Warrior or Hogan or something. Is that's just the way that the structure of the card was. And um uh, so and I mean it kind of worked better, in my opinion, than uh than what we're doing here. Like imagine if something like that happened in WWE, you know what I mean? Like if someone like for example, a good example of somebody elevating somebody to change their style a bit would be Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker. Jeff Hardy had always been a tag guy, and then they started to push him, and he actually made it and he became a top guy. It would have been really strange if when he was feuding with Undertaker or Triple H, if Undertaker and Triple H started doing shit like Whisper in the Wind, and then they started to, you know what I mean, springboard moonsault from fucking, uh, you know, Triple H, or or just the pace would have changed. Where it's kind of like, if you go back and look, what what made those matches work was they co- they sort of did the main event pace, and Jeff Hardy slowed his shit down a lot. He wasn't just diving all over the fucking place because you're, you're wrestling Triple H. You know, you're wrestling you the Undertaker. A bit more tactical. You know, and when you think about it, people look at that match and they'll, whenever you bring up the Undertaker Jeff Hardy thing, anyone who's a wrestling fan knows exactly what you're talking about. They'll always go, Oh yeah, I remember, remember that. That was match, good. You're that was good. No one ever goes, Oh, he didn't bounce around as much, <laughs> you know, or any he of that. He
2: bounced, but not in a the way they like.
1: Yeah. And, and when you're bringing up a younger talent like that or, or a lower tier talent, you bring them up to where you are. Uh, it's supposed to be a little bit different And like we said before last week Everyone in, in AEW they're all at a 95 And that's the problem Like no matter who they are they're a 95 If they come to do a run in They're a 95 with full health And you have to fight them the same way you would If they were in the match It's just crazy It's like how is everyone so damn resilient You know And there's false finishes for everything You know so, um, Yeah I feel you Yeah like I said I'd, I'd just like to see them adjust that a little bit I know some of you won't agree with me on that
2: Man, all these. I, th- I mean, yeah, the one ahead. thing I say is, I definitely think they will.
1: Yeah, they're this gonna have to.
2: Definitely needs to be soon.
1: Yeah, they're definitely but the
2: one have thing to. we can all agree is that DX versus the Undertaker and Kane should have never happened.
1: I know we're gonna talk about it later, but a good example that we're gonna get into is something like Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii, two completely different, contrasting styles of guys. But Tomohiro Ishii wasn't like fucking doing like tornado DDTs off of the top rope, you know what I mean, or like hitting like Hurricane Ranas or anything like that, he you know.
2: Into a bar fight, pretty you much. You know,
1: it became the two contrast of styles, and that's what's supposed to make these matches fun. It's not supposed to be now one guy's gonna do what the other guy does the way that he does it. It's supposed to be how are these two different styles gonna work in the ring? And I feel like a lot of that is lost in WWE and even in AEW. Yeah. You know, but they can always find it again. And that's what really makes me annoying. At least WWE can. I don't know about AEW, but WWE always finds it again when they need to. And that's what the most aggravating part about it is that when they need to have that kind of a match where everything works and everything clicks and nothing's overdone, what do they do? They go to like somebody like freaking, uh, Finn Balor or Kyle O'Reilly or Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano or anybody who knows how to like hold a match. So they know that that's acknowledgement that they know what's good, you know?
2: So it really makes it even worse on their case because, like, you know what
1: works and you're just not doing it. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Like, I and you know what kind of funny? I think that's why I tolerate AEW more. I feel like AEW could still be in the infinite stages where they don't know that and they're still figuring that out. WWE, it's like, you guys clearly know you can do this. Why are you only doing this once every two years?
1: But how the, how could AEW still be figuring it out if backstage they have people like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard? Yeah, you know what yes, I mean? Yes,
2: I said that wasn't the other problem. Though. There's
1: nobody back there that should not have figured that shit out by now. Nobody. So it's uh, yes. it's just strange. It's just a strange spot to be in because I started liking them, and there's times where I'm just sitting here waiting for them to end on Wednesdays. <laughs> Russell
2: we got Warham to get to mother-
1: Yeah, but Jericho's also getting heat because uh, remember last week we talked about how he defended the fact that uh, you know the 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 whole thing with the president where he didn't think yeah. people should be. You know negative against the president we had a lot of people a lot of fans that tweeted back to him and they said stuff like one idiot said 25 years jericho that's how long i've been a super fan lots of shirts books tickets bought what a sad and disappointing man thought you had better ethics so like by him supporting like the fact that you shouldn't wish the president that like a bunch of people and i'm talking to i'm not going to scroll through all of them we're not going to have one of those segments fuck them all as far as I'm saying, if you're listening to this and you're one of them, unfollow me. Uh, because then there were more people, you know, they were, oh, we're going to unfollow Jericho, you know, i are not going to listen to him. He sucked anyway. Uh, you know, rest in peace, real rock star Eddie Van Halen, which, by the way, yes, rest in peace. That is definitely a major loss to the to the music world. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like these people, it just doesn't make any uh, any sense, you know?
2: It's and- literally just a bunch of hateful marks. Because guess what? They are all probably buying another Jericho t-shirt right fucking now. But no, you think your little tweet that only you and like your two friends are gonna follow is gonna make any kind of difference in that man's day? Yeah, like it what isn't? It really is. You've got two cruises, thirty years in the business, more albums than you've probably seen in your life. You think your one tweet because you got pissed one time makes any kind of difference in his life?
1: Yeah, but so many of them. It's just funny the community, the cancel culture community that we live in right now. Like God and forbid, the, you... and,
2: and most of those, you know, I, I look at them the same way. Kind of like, um, remember when Roman won? his Roman won the Rumble? And all those fans were like, "I'm going to cancel my network," and they canceled for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Same fans. Yeah, y'all fucking ain't that. got the balls to really unfollow
1: him like that. Come on, but well, he's blocking. And, and, people and if, you, if
2: you're a fan for somebody for 25 years, and one tweet makes a
1: difference, you're not a fan. And a political tweet. This is going right back to what we we're talking about in the beginning of this. You know, people are cutting each other off for for political tweets. It's unbelievable. And you know?
2: thank you for the follow, Dumpling
1: Diety. Yes, thank you for the follow. I didn't have my notification on there. Ironically, the
2: fucking <laughs> notification is too.
1: Someone made a tweet against you, bro, friend. The hell does that mean?
2: Maybe talking about the Jordan um, the um Jericho thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It fits in perfectly so it's just, but yeah it's like it, it doesn't make sense which by the way congratulations Chris Jericho on 30 freaking years holy Jesus
1: yeah we're gonna but, get to that later too mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's just it doesn't make like if you were a fan of Chris Jericho if it's like this person this one, this one that, that one sticks out to me 25 years so let's see that's 25 years you weren't thinking about his political views you weren't thinking about who he was friends with you weren't thinking about who he supported you will, because you're a fan of the wrestler, possibly the musician. Yeah. So, something that doesn't have, it, have to do with wrestling or music just broke it for you.
1: Yeah. And it's just yeah. so silly. This again, I mean, like, I feel like we're talking about it every week, but it's just so silly people taking stuff like that personally.
2: I mean, didn't he get heat for just randomly taking a picture with his son?
1: But again, a lot of the people that you're seeing doing this, they're just following, they're just all sheep. They don't know anything about politics.
2: I'm barely sheep at that, dude. The kicks on the sheep.
1: Yeah, it's like you're that fucking angry.
2: And yeah, don't um, Dumpling's right. Wrestlers and musicians aren't people that they look for political guidance. So why does that make any kind of a difference? Like,
1: yeah, like the and 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 again, at the same time, most people who have these issues with Trump and and what was happening don't actually know what their issue is. I can't emphasize that enough. They don't they're know just what mad their because issue everybody
2: is. else is mad, and they want to be cool for once in their life.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. By the way, uh what's what's his name? Dumpling Dumpling Diety. diety. Yeah, by the way, because I know I missed it. Tip,
2: you know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. The fucking irony it?
1: That is Jericho on top of Jericho. Jericho <laughs> squared.
2: That's how like, you don't know, want to another dimension. We better be careful for this shit. All right. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much for the follow.
1: Yeah, but no, like I said, it didn't really make any sense to me that uh, he's getting that kind of backlash, because all he's really saying is don't wish the president dead. That's yeah, so terrible, like, a terrible, like, Jesus. Human
2: being deaf. Oh, and they, again, if so, you guys... Some, would, some of the people out there, they forget. The yeah, um, president
1: is a WWE Hall of Famer yes and if you guys want to get into the because we talked about the debate last week a little just because it had to do with uh wrestling if you guys want to get into my breakdown and what really happened there and the way they pulled the wool over the public sides go back to the last episode because i broke it down a little bit and again i'm neutral i don't give a damn about either party but i'm just saying I, there's definitely you're being screwed over if you're just blindly following the uh the trump hate because again these people who are tweeting they don't know what policies bother them or what it is on either political party's policies that they're in endorsing or enforcing or anything they only know on a personal level oh he tweeted this he said that he had an antsy comment they don't really look it's like you want to you have to know what the freaking policies are guys you have to understand uh the inner workings of this before you go into that anyway i'm getting sick of that though because it seems to come up every wrestler every person in the world seems to have the same exact damn story about it here but yeah that's the heat that jericho was getting let's move on from that please we're gonna have to go into AEW later on anyway and dynamite and what our issues are there did you see carl anderson and the, and the thing he did to his wife
2: oh no what'd he do oh god
1: i just like her reaction i've never oh, seen somebody oh, god. so he wakes her up you know when somebody's driving and the passenger gets scared awake oh i've seen this bit oh i've just funny. never seen somebody react like this it was just such a oh, funny reaction no.
2: and i have seen some bangers that scares
1: me watch this Yo, she went, motherfucker, motherfucker, shitty, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I just... motherfucker? Motherfucker, shitty,
0: motherfucker.
4: I'm Thank you for
1: She jumped out of the car. In her dream. Let's see one more time.
0: We're here. We're here. That's
1: one of my favorite. I know people on iTunes are gonna be pissed. Why are we hearing the same shit over and over? You know what? Come into the freaking one of the video. People. Go to Facebook or uh, Twitch and you can you can watch it. What's the unbothered? Oh my God! That is perfect yeah right like i've never seen that be the reaction before like she was ready to, to eject this bitch was ready to, she was ready to escape God. what kind of situations have you been in where you're that quick to be oh able to jump God. out of a moving no vehicle fight, just flight she was free yeah she was ready for just flight
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was one of the greatest things i've ever seen in my life I have seen some bangers when it comes to this prank. I've seen people <laughs> bash their heads on the freaking ceiling. I've seen people almost pee. like That is the best way I've ever seen. Oh, man. Fun oh, stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know he caught so much hell on, at that destination.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That is epic. So I thought this was kind of cool. we got this on our program here. Recently, uh, apparently... Jerry Lawler found uh, an old clip of The Undertaker's Memphis debut match. He was the master of pain, and he makes his first ever appearance. And this was posted, so I figured we would check it out. I have not seen it yet.
5: Calls himself
6: master of pain. That's right. Master of pain. Because where I've been the last five years, you have to know how to handle pain. And I know it better than anybody. I've been in the Atlanta State Penitentiary. Now, I'm not ashamed to know it. I went up there on a bad rap because two chum punks jumped me in a parking lot and now they're pushing up daisies. And let me tell you, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, whatever you call yourself, it doesn't matter to me. Like I said, names are important where I'm from. But I tell you what, Ricky Morton sent me here and I'm gonna do a job for him. And brother, if you get out alive, you'll be thankful.
5: The Master of Pain. Don't the know the name. Of not sure Pain. Of
1: one who two. would have thought of that.
5: Huh? Out of the Atlanta Penitentiary, he says where he's been the last five years. He's big. I can tell you that. He looks mean. He's pounding Rodney Napper with a big telephone pole broad arm. Rodney not good. Ducts under. That was a good move by Rodney. But this time, the Master of Pain grabs and power slams wow, him down. Out of the good
1: mat. power slam taker. That big
5: right forearm again. Jesus! Mm. How small is the dude? He's wrestling. End of the turnbuckle. Look (laughs) at him—he's 85 pounds. Leaps into the air, drops down with the uh, with the boot. Rodney Napper, body slam. The master of pain just sits down on him. Right hand. Now, this guy just doing pretty much what he wants to against Rodney Napper. He's got him out uh, height. He's got a, about a foot and a half height advantage on him, and hmm, over a hundred pounds weight advantage. Oh, There's a cover one, years, he still four, two, that three. That's it. Well, so the master yeah. of pain. Our first.
1: That's pretty cool. It's funny how you can still see the Undertaker ness of him. Oh, I see it. Right. I saw it. All, all over the place. Like, yeah.
2: And it's funny to think, like, two of the moves we saw in right there are two of the moves to this day you still see from him. That leg drop and that flying clothesline. Mm-hmm. It's amazing yeah. how much stuff from, like, that early on in your career you just wound up sticking with.
1: Yeah, it really is. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, you can see the gingerness of him, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: He, so he's naturally... I mean, I guess we've always known that. If you look at this kid.
2: You know, yeah, older yeah. His, uh, his oldest son's ginger
1: yeah he dyes his hair and stuff yeah it looks good man looks really good I wonder who yeah. owns that but, right
2: right that's a good question because that's some old old footage
1: like Lawless, the one who posted it and it's from Memphis so I'm assuming it's his I don't know for sure yeah that was 31 years ago god
2: 31 years they didn't 31 years ago they did not know what they had stumbled upon
1: nope they sure didn't so Batista made an interesting revelation First, I'm going to give you this photo, because apparently there's, this, there's been this photo, as you guys know, uh, the president has COVID, and there's been this photo going around of him, I guess, assumingly being affected by it, where you can see that the guy's having trouble breathing and shit. This is, this is it right here. It's only eight seconds, so I can't say for certain if that's what's happening you yeah. know? Yeah, for
2: those... Uh the man watching this audio you see him take like those two deep breaths and those kind of deep breaths was like you're having a little bit of trouble breathing
1: right So he's taking heavy deep a lot of people on social media started tweeting that that's how they, they look when they're out of breath or when they're having an asthma attack or something else uh, that's how they're looking how they look when they're struggling for breath and uh you know so this started to go around and uh batista basically said that he reached for his inhaler watching him struggle to breathe and it's a guy's reaction to watching another guy. I think that was a Batista. But, yeah, I believe,
2: uh, I believe it was a Batista. I think I remember hearing about this during the
1: week. No, actually, so Batista says, I'm an asthmatic. That's what I would look like if I was trying to hide that I was having an asthma attack. Well, not all orange and bloated with a comb over in a bad suit. But otherwise, yeah, I recognize that struggle to breathe. And then uh, somebody tweeted to Batista and they asked him, like, how did he deal with that being a wrestler? And this was the 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 interesting part about it. He said... "Uh." I hid inhalers under the ring and with people working around the ring. I'm not kidding. The cold venues were my nightmare. So this guy, who's asthmatic, would strategically have inhalers while he's wrestling. And if he was going into an asthma attack, he wouldn't get to the closest inhaler. I'm assuming whether that'd be under the ring apron or near one of the or the timekeeper. Maybe the ref yeah, had maybe one. They, I, yeah, maybe guy, the camera guy. Like. Can, can you imagine the fucking terror that you're asthmatic? And you can have an yeah. asthma attack in the middle of a match and you have to get to the closest inhaler?
2: You gotta find where he on is. On live television and then not be seen getting air? Because I'm in tell you right now. I've been watching that motherfucker since he was Deacon Batista. I never noticed that not once.
1: That's crazy. He's better with, a, with an inhaler than some people are with a blade. Holy Jesus. First of all, props
2: to him for thinking that far ahead.
1: He Good said he was he had injectable pads hidden around the ring yeah that's that's uh that's something else man
2: just to be a, re- just to be a wrestler with has was crazy enough but then like because you almost gotta think like even in, even even though it because i mean i know we have enough sense to have like all the cameramen probably have one so that no matter which camera he's at, he's good but it's like imagine you're sitting there like in the middle of the ring and you have to sit there and make that choice okay which one can i get through the fastest
1: Stacy said they should make that a storyline to play in a WWE. Oh, you I have to go for god. your fucking asthma pump.
2: That'd be the most stressful fucking mini video of the stressful minigame. You're sitting there just for like 15 minutes straight. Just... <laughs>
0: oh my
1: god. I have to give him a lot of credit for doing that.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. We give him shit for his moveset, but that like because I've seen him wrestle some long <laughs> matches. Oh my
1: god. God. Yeah, it really is a pit of danger for him, huh?
2: Oh, damn. I'm so mad it took me a second to catch that.
1: Dude, I could not I don't even like playing the Sonic the Hedgehog levels where you have to get where you're in the water and you have to jump from air bubble to bubble. That's too (laughs) that's that's too much anxiety for me, you know? (laughs) Can you imagine that shit?
2: I'm so mad. My mind immediately went there. I'm so ashamed of myself right now. Oh, because that's... instinctively I see him looking And hiding it so nobody can see it But looking around and seeing which emergency inhaler
1: He's the closest to Yeah right oh. That's that's I guess That's, that's a love great. for the business man
2: That's a love for the business And that is a next level level of creativity right there
1: Good
6: for like, him
2: Most people will be like okay I gotta have one inhaler I know exactly what it is This motherfucker's like okay I got six and depending on where I'm at, is the one I'm going for.
1: you imagine that? And on the game, it would be like a meter underneath your, uh, your stamina. And like every time you use one inhaler, like there's one grade out now. Like, shit, I only have two more and they're over by ringside.
2: You know, that's how it's going to be, too. Like, what, what happens if, like, you get to one and it runs out? Like, I don't you- know much about freaking, uh, I, I don't know much about inhalers, but, like, I don't know how fast them fuckers run out. And when it goes to asthma attack, I don't know how often you can realistically have one like I don't know if you can just have one like back to back or what but oh.
1: not good not good I just thought it was an interesting article that came up figured I would throw that in there crazy but yeah that uh i don't know i can't say for sure what the president what that was with the breathing it's possible i mean it's not like it's weird how huh? you got half the people that's what i'm talking about about social media you got people going aha it's just he's pretending that he has it it's a conspiracy he doesn't really have it and then when he's shown taking a breath everyone goes aha <laughs> it's like which one is it pick one
2: <laughs> i'm telling you it's whichever one makes you the most friends on twitter
1: yeah exactly virtual signaling
2: I wouldn't know because I have actual friends. So.
1: Wow! Did I play that drop for you? Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I am <can> not remember. <laughs> I can't remember all the way back then. Which we'll probably bring back Jackbox soon, guys. For anyone who's wondering what Actually, happened
2: I mean, yeah, Party Pack Seven comes out this week.
1: Does it really? Yeah, the fifteenth in two days. Pardon the next Party Pack comes out. Yeah, really.
2: Let hmm. me let, let me double check one more time, real quick, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, October 15th. If anyone doesn't
1: know, on Wednesdays on here after EW we do Jackbox. We well, we've been we've changed it to Warhammer recently because we haven't been getting uh, the the same kind of stepping with Jackbox, which that'll that'll pick up a little bit when uh, the next party pack comes. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna go back to uh doing it. And we're gonna also go back to simulcasting it on YouTube as well. Okay, I know it's the only place we're not simulcasting right now. We're doing Facebook and Twitch and stuff, but uh, we're gonna go back to having it there to get people to uh play. And we'll take the precautions yeah. for censorship as well. Oh, but you okay, said the 15th? October
2: 15th, Party Pack 7 debuts.
1: All right. Well, you guys are going to have to stay tuned and see. I'm going to sort some stuff and see exactly what I can do um, in regards to where we're going to go. Because that's after AEW, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's not going to be, uh, we probably won't be able to do it. But I'm going to see exactly if it'll be this week if we put it on another time. I'll talk to, uh, Willie and a few other people, Seb, and see who, if we can get a good time. It probably won't be where it normally is, but I'll see if I could put it on a good time somewhere. We'll figure it out. Interesting that that came up. Anyway, moving along. Sami Zayn is kind of a funny story here. It holds no significance, but, uh, another one that I just thought was interesting is Sami Zayn basically talked about an encounter that he had with Eddie Kingston back when they were in the Indies together. And, uh, he basically said that, uh, He was telling Eddie Kingston, you know, how great the world is. Uh, You know, he said, uh, he said, I remember trying to sell Eddie on my youthful, optimistic worldview, going on an impassioned rant about the beauty and joy to be found all around us. He nodded along blankly, then replied in his thick New York accent. The world is a cold place. Better zip the fuck up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You better use that one, damn (laughs) it.
1: Oh dude There is interesting stuff. Eddie Kicks I gotta say, he is an interesting personality, man.
2: <laughs> you know why? See this is why I love Eddie Kicks, the Pro Bowls, because you don't know where the fuck they're gonna go. There is no indication. No matter what he is talking about, you don't know what's gonna come out of his mouth. Yo,
1: You're how how funny the whole could... place
6: you zip the
1: fuck up. Because you know the way Sammy talks, I could see him sitting there just talking about how wonderful everything is and how <laughs> grateful. <laughs> This guy just fucking buries it in one quick sentence.
2: Like, that's a New York response.
1: He said his optimistic worldview and passion rant of beauty and joy.
2: What I snap back when he hit the world of Coldplay? You better zip the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh so
1: good. That is so good. Zip the F up. Write that one down. If you want to be me. zip the F up.
2: That's like a hippie talking to an RB fan.
1: That was great. I like the way he just shrugged it off, though. You know.
2: Oh, God.
1: Okay, moving along. Jordan Grace is uh, apparently going after the X Division title. Uh, yeah,
2: she has a targeted God, I can't remember what the fuck his name is.
1: Is it that Rahit Raju guy? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, It kind of bothers me. I I hate to say I don't want to sound sexist or anything. But uh, this is the reason I I have trouble taking that company seriously. How come you went from having Tessa Blanchard win the world title to having Jordan Grace win the X Division title? Does she do? I mean, I don't watch much Jordan Grace because I don't watch Impact. But does she do X Division-esque shit? Like, is she like that kind of a wrestler? Because X Division has Mm -hmm. a lot of high spots and stuff. What does she do that warrants her being in the X Division?
2: I mean, she shows shreds of it here and there, but for one thing, when it comes to that, when it comes down to her, her speed definitely matches a lot of the exhibition guys. Because I mean, even for her size, that girl's fast. But when I when I heard about this happening, it kind of confirmed what uh one thing I thought when when the Tesla thing happened. It's not that it's always going to happen, but it opens the door for the possibility where it's like yeah. Tesla Wayne, that title shows like, hey. The ceiling doesn't stop at, at, um, at, at the, at the knockouts championship.
1: But it kind of should. That is the ceiling for the knockouts is the championship. That's why we call them the knockouts. Their championship makes them the championship of all the things that they're called. You know what I mean? It's weird. Like I said, and especially it's not even, even the female thing so much as it is. She doesn't strike me physically as the type that's doing a lot of X division stuff. So it just kind of feels like they're doing this kind of stuff for shock value. And I know it does leave the door open, but the door literally hasn't even swung close from the last time something like this happened. You know, it's like there's a difference between leaving the door open and just putting a straight up doorstop on it. You know, it's just a little bit weird to me when I saw it. Maybe I'll check out the match. I don't know when when, what's going to happen. But that the company seems like a mess. And honestly, out of all of the companies right now, they have the worst post pandemic presentation. Their shit, yeah, there's still it, nobody in there. They didn't even turn down the lights, which TNA, they're experts at turning out the lights because they've gone through empty arenas when there was no pandemic. They When they had to turn down the lights. This shit is bright, bright white. And you could see all the empty seats. They don't have anything there. There's no Thunderdome screens. There's no fans. There's no other wrestlers. It's just this big empty arena. It reminds me of the first week we went through the shit. You know? Yeah, I feel that. Like they need to evolve that because I wasn't prepared. I do tune in. I, I go on their YouTube, but I'm scrolling through my YouTube. And if this stuff pops up, I'll, I'll click on it and look at some of the finishes. And I'm never used to it. Like I always forget because I'm just so used to the way everything else is that when it launches, it just is so awkward. The silence and everything, you know, and just the way it looks, it, it kind of gets on my nerves.
2: Yeah. Like I don't think See, I can the, watch
1: this company, man. The,
2: the, the place I give the exception to is NXT UK because they still have it like that. But we don't really know how the UK's running things over there. But yeah, with Impact, is different because they're over in the States. Right. Like, you kind of, Impact could have worked, could have figured something out to where it's like, get some kind of people forget and throw the Impact Explosion guys or whatever in there, just something.
1: And then I'm looking at it here, and it's saying that there's going to be a six-person scramble with this Rohit Raji guy, uh, and it's going to be this at Bound for Glory. It's gonna be TJP, Willie Mack, Jordan Grace, Trey Miguel, and Chris Bay. That's not. That's a bit much. So you're basically telling me it's gonna be one girl with all these dudes in an next Division match. If you're gonna do that, if you're insisting on showing that the door is open, open the door properly. Why don't you make it three girls and three guys?
2: One Nobody girl out there. When
1: you're strong as Jordan Grace. Well, then they shouldn't do it yet. Wait until you have like a setup where it works better. Now it's just weird.
2: I mean, but then again, if we're talking about that, that means. You gotta find two other females stronger than her, which I don't know where they're gonna do that. I mean, the only reason I see the see the, what they're going for is the fact that like she's literally stronger than most of the dudes on that roster. So it's like I, I, I don't know. It's maybe it's just me, because I mean I I wouldn't even say, I'm not, say I've been a fan of the energy of wrestling thing, but it's something I got used to so I'm just like fuck it let's see what happens
1: so, you know what they might be compensating too because let's be realistic if we were to put all the rosters side by side they have the shittiest roster right now don't they yeah they do right see I'm, I, without even knowing their roster they have to have the shittiest roster right now just because we know where everybody is and I can't think of anyone who's missing like who do they have they have like I know they have Rich Swan. they have Eric Young they have uh, Heath Slater and Rhino
2: Yeah, Tennille Dashwood just recently came back yeah
1: I saw Tennille Dashwood out there they have yeah, Kylie, Mac, Kylie Ray, right? Eric Willie, Young, Willie Mack. Jesus, it's yeah. like I feel like I'm freaking. I feel like it's 2013 again, and I'm watching like one of the early Evolves. <laughs> you know, like they literally. So that's what happened to Evolve after I stopped watching. You know, they pretty much took <laughs> the whole they took the whole fucking roster and put it over an Impact. I'm listening to the names. I'm like, wait, that's the old Evolve that we used to watch. When we used to cover Evolve on here, most look at this. It's fucking Evolve.
2: Oh God. <laughs> well they got ec3 too as well
1: there's a lot of people watching other federations right now that are experiencing the kind of shit that we experienced like six seven years ago just being redone on a different brand you notice that
2: yeah (laughs)
1: yeah that's what a lot of impact really is and i don't dislike anyone there but when you look at it that's not there's no top tier talent there like who's the draw tell that's i guess that's the better question because i like all of the talent we named it's like there's no one on that's really bad who's the draw who's their draw right now
2: Right now it's guys like Eric Young,
1: EC3, EC3, which we're gonna talk about because we have to talk and, and about.
2: Eddie still, uh, Eddie still been a draw over there. Willie back. Uh,
1: we got to talk about Ring of Honor later, but there's some EC3 shit there. Yeah, that's going on. You know, we got to talk about that in uh New Japan stuff. And,
2: and, yeah. and, and George, as much as I do like Impact, there, when Wallster is not better.
1: I used to be no, such no, no. a mark for the knockouts. I always used to say that back in the day, back when we had, there uh, well, back was the, a period of time
2: mm-hmm. where the knockout smashed. Back
1: Everybody. when we had the, the real beautiful people with Velvet Sky and Angelina Love and Madison Rain and we had freaking, uh, yeah. ODB there and Tara and Mickey James, you know, back when we had that knockouts roster and the matches they were putting on, I'd say 2011, 2012, even 2013, that was a good knockouts roster. And I know a lot of them are there, but some of them are now a little bit over the hill, and some that and the and the, the work rate isn't as fast.
2: And Rain's mainly on commentary.
1: I always said and I I heard her on there too. That that doesn't do anything for me. But I always said that uh they that and you know how many times I said it for years in a show that the knockouts never got acknowledged for the fact that they were the true pioneers. R- women's wrestling was booming over there before WWE even know what the hell to do with it. During that era. They
2: before. are they were the winners of because long before WWE started doing it, I saw Mickey James and Tara almost kill each other in a cage. Yeah. I saw ODB putting awesome Kong through tables and shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gail Kim, of course, all of those people, those Gail, were great.
2: Gail Kim and, and uh Taryn Terrell had one of the most infa- have probably one of the most famous last man standing matches in that company's history. Yeah. They still talk about that match to this day.
1: Yeah, that's when I used to watch regularly. You know, I don't remember when exact I probably stopped watching regularly right when we started this, which would be like twenty fourteen. You know, yeah, I just didn't cool. have any love for him. I know
2: cause cause uh, cause he or Jeff Hardy was over by then. Like that 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 had already stopped. That yeah, they
1: already Hogan already threw his belt in the trash. Hogan <laughs> said, Fuck this shit I'm out of <laughs> mouth. Yeah, OB, ODB was great.
2: I'm glad she got her food truck back running thing too.
1: Yeah. See, that's what we need. We need other panelists, like not full time for the whole show, but we're going to need panelists on here, unless you're going to do it. Like, we'll need a panelist on here for Impact. I'm, I'm faultfully bugged, dude. I can't come on the air and talk about any more wrestling. I'm doing all of New Japan. I'm doing AEW, WWE. We're going to talk about NXT <laughs> later. Like, you know, this show's almost sometimes four hours. It's like, pretty soon we're going to do what is it, six hours into the morning of
2: talking. I'll put like this. I ain't going to promise y'all nothing, but because I still watch both Impact and NXT UK. I'll try.
1: And and I'm going to put it like this. I ain't going to promise y'all nothing. That's it.
2: You stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty much
2: I it.
1: I the- Hell no, dude. I don't watch even wrestling. I can barely keep on what there is now. You do it. <laughs>
2: yeah, I- I'll-, I'll-, I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll watch either.
1: the match. I'll watch the, the- this I'll-, I'll-, I'll watch glory. Bound for Glory. I always watch the Bound for Glories. You know that. And the, uh, Bound
2: the- for oh- Glory is Slamm At this point, you almost don't miss them.
1: Yeah, I always cover those, but I'm not <laughs> watching this shit regularly every week.
2: Yeah, but I'll um I'm actually gonna try attempt it this week and see if I can survive it. I don't then know how G1, you do this, man. Tricky. I might I might wait till after G one's over, but I'll see.
1: I don't know how you do this. Okay, so in other news, our beloved Thunder Rosa apparently had to relinquish a Japanese title that she had. champion in Japan too. Jesus Christ yeah she was apparently because of the the travel restriction she couldn't defend it so they had to take it from her it was the tokyo joshi pro international princess championship it's what i have to know a name for a title. i know right and this is this what she released about it
4: tokyo joshi pro wrestling fans this is thunder rosa talking here from texas usa i am very sad that i am not here to tell you that i'm coming back to tokyo joshi this year unfortunately i will not
1: be able to defend my championship Thus, I have to relinquish my championship, my International Princess Championship, back to Tokyo Yoshi
4: due to the COVID-19 situation. But fans, I want to make it real clear that I am coming back. And I am not coming back just to visit.
7: I am coming back to be the number one contender for what it was, my championship. So whenever the COVID-19 situation is over, Thunder Rosa will return to Tokyo, and I will return
2: for what is rightfully mine. She's so good. Yeah, she
1: has titles everywhere, huh?
2: Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, next, next thing you know, next week, we'll hear about her getting a title strip from Mexico. Yeah, next one after that, will be Sri Lanka. So.
1: Yeah, so she's not going to be able to head out there anymore.
2: Uh, if, if you're not over there now, you ain't going back. Yeah.
1: But there is a female wrestler that is coming back, apparently.
2: Oh, uh, I know. Uh, yeah, so we're hearing I don't that know which uh, one of y'all put this in the ether, but I swear to God,
1: yeah, it's coming out from cultaholic. Apparently, they're saying that she's going to be returning to WWE. I really I, think that this would show just how shitty and desperate of a company they are. I'm also hearing uh they said that she reached a new deal, so it's already a done deal apparently, and that uh we're gonna see her very soon.
2: When I, I guess, heard this know. earlier today, I was hearing as soon as tonight.
1: Yeah, and also another person that's apparently popping in, Melina, we're hearing. We're hearing that there's a rumor going around the, that Melina.
2: <sighs> okay, so we bring two back and we bring one back and actually wrestle. What the fuck is Eva going to do? Tory, and now I think
1: about it, how
2: desperate are you when you're so desperate that you bring back somebody who sucks
1: ass? Dude, if Mae Young and Mula were alive, they'd be in the tag team division right now. They would have fought would instead of Natalia there. and Marie Dana. You know for a fact that if May Young and Moolah were around, they would have been in the fucking tag division right now. Not only that, May Young and Moolah would have won the tag titles at least once if they were still here. They would have probably won them from the Iconics. They would have still been a better match. You can't believe
2: these old hags made. beat us! <laughs> see the Iconics
1: doing that. It's almost, it almost books itself.
2: You know what's funny to about this? Still would have been better than you being here because at least May and Moolah were good at some point.
1: Natty is training Tori Uh oh Tori run Because everybody that Natty trains, She trains jobbers She trains people to be jobbers apparently She trained freaking What was her name Liv, Liv And then afterwards She got sick of Liv and fired her She was like I'm sick of you Remember she just threw her out In the backstage thing And we're gonna it's get like into later on
2: figure out You've been trained by Natty You're like no That's Brent's niece,
1: jobber Yep Well there's two shitty stories Out of the way I kind of compiled them together The Eva Marie and the Melina So we would have to go And have like a double down of, uh, well, I
2: mean, there's. Well, I mean, well, well technically, but more accurate, we had a shitty story, and then we had even so Yeah. At least
1: fucking. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's exactly least. what it is, Quest. That's the kind of breed of shit that they're bringing. <laughs> they're 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 literally about to bring Kelly Kelly back. Is what it feels like.
2: Her and her screaming, fucking twirling her <laughs> Oh, the one thing I hate about that bitch: she been spinning in a circle for fifteen minutes. Ah!
1: You can you ever believe that that was women's wrestling? I don't like thinking about it, but no, I like we thinking can't about
2: have... that zombie game we played more.
1: Yeah, like even Marie had no talent. Like if I need to see, you know, like, women, there's there's all kinds of ways you can see women that don't have to be in your wrestling. Just go watch some porn or something, man. What to, the hell to do you need?
2: perspective how talentless even Marie is, I actually minorly popped for the Molina thing because at least Molina could do shit. But I'll, 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 I'll never forget watching them try to train her to be Fandango's valet. And this bitch didn't even dance to him. She fucking walked <laughs> after telling them she could dance, and everybody had this look like, "Oh my!" And somebody asked, me, nigga, you want to run again?" He said, "Nah." <sighs> you was the Man. best shape of her life. Don't mean shit to me. You do look at the bitch can't wrestle. Yeah, and Cameron cares? was she's, probably the best shape of her life. She's in the best what shape of her life. Her?
1: Yeah, so she goes start a of fucking OnlyFans. And go, go. Be, go be in the best shape of your life somewhere where, where it's not physical. I have nothing against that. I'll subscribe if you just don't come back. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know? Like, that's where my head is.
2: <laughs> so she couldn't even do a wiggle. <laughs> 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 no, you did just Norman Smiley <laughs> Holy shit. She couldn't
1: even do a big wiggle. Is she talking about the Norman Smiley move?
2: I think so. I hope to God, Jesus.
1: That's, that's terrible. <laughs> remember the big wiggle where he would spank? <laughs> remember
2: the big wiggle. The freaking. Wow, the big wiggle. Oh my god, I want to see her do the big wiggle and fail just once, just once.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. But once, once
2: again cool, at least Summer Rae could do shit. Summer ray could dance.
1: Summer Rae was excellent and they shitted on her because I was watching FCW. I remember I've, I'm you're talking to a guy who never missed an episode of FCW. That girl is the reason why a lot of the shit that's happening is going on both in storyline and out of storyline. She was part of that women's evolution and I don't know what happened but they it on her. As a matter of fact... Trip, you she, know what? Uh-oh, thank you for you the You just follow. made the
6: list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs>
1: thank you for the follow, Fat Laces. Thank you so much. Beesh. Yeah, but Summer she was one of these people who who was 100% one of the original... Do you remember the storyline where uh, she, she essentially turned Sasha Banks into the boss. You ever seen that
2: one? I remember that. I she was, literally, so that like she, early NXT. she
1: went up to her and she was the one who told her, you need to toughen up, you know, and she turned her into like the boss. She turned her heel yeah, and then the two of them were together She was to be
2: like all nice and friendly and shit. she was like fucking knuckle up.
1: <laughs> and that was the beginning of the story. And, and at the time she was more physical too, you know, like she was more physical than a lot of the girls that they're putting over now. It just felt like they didn't really care, you know?
2: It was this typical thing. Even back then, you go up to the main roster and they just strip you of everything that made you made you good. Yeah.
1: they really Which That's why stuff I've gotten her. to the
2: point where it's like, I don't even consider NXT WWE anymore. It's like two different freaking worlds.
1: The, this girl, what's her name? From the Robert Stone brand? Remember they gave her Summer Rae's original music?
2: Yeah, um, Aaliyah. Yeah. Which, freaking side note, Robert Stone is hilarious on Twitter. Every time a girl either post something or anything like that, I see he's one of the comments popping up to like top, pretty much like offering like, hey, uh, joy the Robert Stonebridge? And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he did that shit to Ember Moon's Instagram the other day. I was, I was just there like, are you kidding
1: me? Again? Once again, Fat Laces, uh, P. Cola, I believe. Thank you for the, uh, yeah, people. thank you for that follow there.
2: Showed up in the chat itself a little bit after the screen, but yeah, we got you, Pippin. <sighs> yeah, this uh, women's division.
1: Ugh. yeah they're definitely having some troubles there's no question about that
2: fucking understatement at this point mhm
1: alright well in other news apparently there's been some issues with Scott Hall
2: <laughs> you don't say
1: no I don't say hasn't he been okay I thought he was alright
2: yeah and then the fucking Pullman Springs Lemon juice show fucking back up
1: he was supposed to do a virtual meet and greet and uh, he was intoxicated to the point where they couldn't go live they went live without him and promised to get everything signed if it just needed scott hall or razor ramon on it but they couldn't do inscriptions they said that he became argumentive and he was wearing a ripped glove he was slurring his speech he couldn't sign anything really this shit again it's Hello been from-
2: how long we've been talking about
1: this greetings from pensacola thank you Thank you. Hello from Pensacola rather. Thank you, sir. Um, you know what, man? That disappoints me, man. I Scott Hall for a long time he was one of those like legends that I felt one day we were just here died. You know, and then he cleaned yeah. up with DDP. and now we're back to this again. You know?
2: What do you think is <sighs> going on here, man? I, I, I don't I don't get it. Like I don't get it at all. Like you know, it's not even like the DDP yoga thing has like a track record of guys failure. I mean, prime example, probably one of the most famous cases we've seen. Look at Jake the Snake. Jake has been amazing since he went through there.
1: I don't think it Jake is, was as bad as Hall was, though, when they first both got into that.
2: Yeah, that is true. Because
1: yeah, Hall was
2: bad. But then again, there was that whole heroes arrest playing incident. So. Yeah. I feel like what I feel like what it is is we know more about well, we've seen more about how shit was with Jake than we did with Scott. So
1: Yeah, I see <sighs> that too.
2: But it's like if Jake can get through it Jake's been fine forever. I don't know what's going on with frickin' Scott Hall.
1: Yeah. I really hope that this works out for him though. You know, it's never good when you when you have an addiction and you, you, you relapse on it the way that he's apparently done. He he has a serious alcohol problem, man. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's, it's our generation and the generations after us that have only just really started to educate themselves about the harm of addiction, especially when it comes to alcohol. You know, we got now we got Woods and up, up, down, down. They're addicted to games and shit now more than they're addicted to substances. Right. <laughs> well, I wish him the best.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: So there was a thing with Braun Strowman, apparently, over the weekend. Right. This is the thing here to get it up on the big screen so you guys can see carefully what happened here. Apparently, he took a picture of himself. And, uh, it was just him showing how the shape that he got into. But the thing was a lot of people who saw this picture on social media noted the fact that, uh, there was a syringe in the picture. You know, you gotta be, always be careful when you're posting things because of the fact that, uh, you know, people will look at the shit in the background when you're, when you're posting a picture here. Uh, so then there was a whole bunch of speculation after this and, uh, Everyone started going nuts and judging the guy because, you know, it's Twitter. That's what we do. As soon as you see something, you're like, hey, you know, this guy's on drugs. So he tweeted out and he said, for everyone trying to make a big deal about the last post I did and deleted. I take B12 shots every day because my body is super sensitive to caffeine and I can only use so much without feeling like I'm having heart palpitations. So I kind of knew that it wasn't going to be something crazy because I don't even think I don't think Braun would be that ridiculous.
2: You
1: know I mean? Common sense. Yeah. And he went on to explain this in, a, in an updated video, which I'm going to throw on here right now, where he was to say here that time of the week again, and he shows keeping me running and top end. I get the Vita athlete with extra vitamin C and whatever the hell else you guys can see it on the screen. See, this is him. He put up a video for anyone watching on social media. This is him just showing what it was that he was doing. You know, I'm going to actually share that in the chat room and also on our talk brunch Twitter. So you guys that are listening on iTunes and iHeartRadio later on, we'll see exactly what we put on the screen for the live chat. There it is. Like I said, everyone's jumping to conclusions. Everybody's so fast to judge nowadays. It's crazy, right?
2: Fucking see a random trade roids. No,
1: yeah, like aha, we caught you. You know, maybe you didn't catch him. Oh, I'm happy to find a wrestling fan too, man. Welcome to the chat room. We're here all the time. We do this every Monday at 11:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time following Monday Night Raw. Uh, we also have a small community that is in the chat room on Wednesdays during uh, AEW Dynamite, as well yeah, as we do uh, stuff for the pay per views. Yeah, and we're we always have this room open, even if there's not a stream going. We're always in here talking about uh, wrestling when there's pay per views on on sunday for example if there's a pay-per-view we'll be in here for the kickoff and we'll pretty much then after it goes off there we do post shows so that's our, our system yeah uh this is kind of crazy there's this guy who's suing wwe he filed it october 6th uh his name is Jose romero i don't know if i'm saying that correct um he's suing wwe because the wwe shop.com website violated uh, what is this The the Americans with Disabilities Act And apparently the way it works um, Is If I'm reading this correctly If you have like some sort of I'm assuming shopping website Or a business website In the United States There is a law Where you have to be able to have it Accommodate blind people Which is what he is He's, according to what the complaint is saying, he's a visually impaired and legally blind person who cannot use a computer without the assistance of screen reading software. And the plaintiff is, however, a proficient JAWS, J-A-W-S, screen reader user and uses it to access the Internet. And the plaintiff has visited the website on separate occasions using the JAWS screen reader. So he's blind and apparently there's screen reading software that he can use that the WWE shop website does not support. And as a result of that not having that feature, uh, he's suing WWE. I know a lot of the comments in the dirt sheets, people were saying that if WWE doesn't settle, they're 100% going to lose this lawsuit. Because apparently they looked into it and there are people who are going around and suing websites successfully for not having that software for blind people. Which this is literally the first that I'm hearing about it. And he's basically saying that he wants the company to change their corporate policies regarding their website to ensure that it's accessible to the blind. And he's looking to be awarded cost and all expenses related to attorney fees. And he wants a trial by jury. Good God. I don't think that that's necessary to sue. I mean, I think at the very least, there should be some sort of, he should have to pre- present some sort of information, emails or point where he attempted to contact WWE to reach out to them for them to correct that assuming that it's something that needs to be corrected and then i have so many questions about this like who does this apply to like are you telling me anyone like any shop any website or is it specifically like like i need to know what the things we're gonna look into the legalities of this in the next week when i have time but i just think it's interesting so what happens like for example twitch are you telling me that we have to make sure that all of twitch all of facebook all these platforms work for blind people and if there's not if it doesn't support the said jaw software um then you do you get sued because i've never heard of anything like that before
2: yeah, I thought this is really the first I've ever heard of this.
1: And then uh, someone in the comments said that he's the same annoying Mark who always just asked the same question on every pulse What did everyone think of the show? Which I don't know if that's true. I don't know anything about the guy. But at the same time, I have to question, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but what the fuck would he want from WWE com? How is he even watching wrestling? Like, you can't just listen to wrestling, right? So, like, what exactly is happening? Yeah, you know, it's just a little bit weird. Ugh. I feel bad, too. But you're right. That is that is a bitter aspect of him that would do something like that, you know? <sighs> all right. We have a new Marty Jannetty story, apparently. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's all I, I live for.
2: <laughs> Every week I'm like, yep, yeah, what'd he do? Oh, he ain't do that shit.
1: All right. So, apparently, what the hell happened to Marty Jannetty here? Okay. So, basically, according to this... uh. I guess he got beat up somewhere near where I am right now. His tweet says, and I don't know what to say, man, when it comes to Marty Jannetty. I'm just going to read his tweet. Who does say more? It It says, dude, where's my phone? NYC. They jumped me and took me to the hospital. Jamaica Medical Center. I was in front of JFK Airport trying to go home. They jumped me from behind. I locked one of them up. arms, Arms stiff waving at heaven. When you in NYC and get jumped from behind, you probably getting robbed. The doctor apologized and said mistaken identity. I liked him; was very nice to me. My boy Nicholas Mosky came back and got me to the airport. But dude, where's my phone? P.S. Why Brianna Taylor got all that attention on mistaken identity? I got none. Is it because I'm white? Man, this guy.
2: What the fuck, man. <laughs> Good Why did you feel the need? There's
1: to... a lot of stuff going on in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so much. He Got jumped right. I'm, I'm, I'm close to Jamaica House. We got jumped out here. I mean, I could see that happening, but I, I, I hey, but what the
2: fuck?
1: But I would only see it if they didn't mistake his identity. <laughs> you know, oh, there's that motherfucker, Marty Genetti. <laughs> Let's jump him. HBK says hi. Like, they put him through the airport window.
2: Oh, <laughs> remember this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> remember this? That's a shitty <laughs> war cry to hit him with. <laughs> and you find him slumped over the same way he was, like he slumped over the yeah. the, the frigging thing. It'll be like it'll be like Yamacha in that cradle position. It'll become Mighty Genie's thing, and people just always knock him off. Oh the-
0: my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be like Yamacha and the Cybermen, redone with the baseball.
2: But the bad point about is let's fucking <laughs> a DBZ Kakarot. We dealt with some shit like that. It was like not again.
1: Oh my god, that's so funny. That is messed up. So apparently. On top of Jericho celebrating 30 years, Jerry Lawler is celebrating 50. (laughs) Fuck's sake. 50th anniversary of wrestling, and WWE actually released like a little video because I guess he had some sort of a 50th anniversary show. Let me see what the hell we got. Hell no. Is <laughs> that a horse? Is he going to come out on a fucking horse?
7: Last time I rode one. Uh, oh no,
1: he's standing next to me. I was getting ready man. to
7: wrestle Hulk Hogan and then I rode out to the ring at the Mid South Coliseum.
1: Of course, he's <laughs> going to go.
7: We are in Jackson, Tennessee.
1: Tennessee, right?
7: It's the 50th anniversary of Jerry the King Lawler.
1: That's pretty cool. He, he looks good for, for his age,
7: right? That's, the, that's the benefit
1: of being career. a wrestler your entire life, I guess.
7: Take care of You have time. to. I swear I still feel and think like I'm 20 years old, so when I hear somebody say congratulations on being in the ring for 50 straight years, I can't believe it myself. Dory Funk started in '65. I started in '70, so I'm a newcomer. You know, I'm
5: the new kid on the block. Uh, I'm fortunate to say I was there when he started. Not it had not changed at all. Neither one of us has. Yeah, we look the same. Yeah, I guess my hair was a little darker. I don't know. Yeah, he used to be Dave
7: Brown, and his hair was brown, and then, oh well. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's why. He's
5: the one that got me in professional wrestling. Jimmy Hart. He has the
7: Anything. Yeah, I bought his
5: first <laughs>
1: ticket for him. That's how I got him. <laughs> yeah, this dude had tons of marriages. <laughs>
7: that he invited us to be here tonight. Jerry Lower created
3: the Rock and Shows his perseverance, his love for
7: the His love for him.
1: I mean,
3: it's it's really something. It really is something special.
7: Jerry's a special guy. Do you see who's up there? The, in that tweet up there, he came all the way from Nashville. Kid Rock, Kid Rock promoted him. I didn't know if he came or not. He's there. He's celebrating 50 years and Lawler still wrestles everywhere. He looks still looks like he's 18
2: years old.
1: He does, right? And he does get on the horse. Look at that. Lawler on a horse. Hell yeah. <laughs> Who is he wrestling, right? I see who he's wrestling.
7: Never gets old. Uh, I still had as much fun in there tonight as I did back in 1970 when I went out for my first match in uh, Ellis Auditorium in Memphis. You know, I think that as long as I still have that train of thought,
1: yeah, you cool. know,
5: I don't see any reason to stop. Congratulations, King. Great 50 years. Let's try to make it another 50.
1: All right. Well, good for him,
2: right? Hell yeah.
1: Congratulations, congrats, sir. Good old Tennessee. 50
2: years.
1: Mm-hmm. That's one shit! That's one hell of a run right there. Wow, we still have so much freaking news. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. There's a lot of damn news here. I'm gonna yeah, try to. I'm not surprised. I'm gonna try to cherry pick some of these stories. If I if we leave anything out, you want to hear about it? Um, uh, let us know. I'm gonna try to go for the important stuff mostly. Uh, Matt Riddle apparently is back in the news because his, uh, that whole situation, the Me Too thing, and that, what's her name? The, I forget candy, the girl's name.
2: Crazy, crazy, something. Call me Candy Cartwright.
1: Yeah, Candy Cartwright. That is her name. That is the person that is, uh, involved in this entire situation. Apparently, she is suing WWE and Matt Riddle and a bunch of other people involved for $10 million each. Uh, there were some court filings. Her name is Samantha Tavares. Tavil uh, is, is filed against Matt Riddle. WWE gave Sapowski and Evolve Wrestling. Uh, she's seeking 10 million from each defendant. Her attorneys representing her, Hale and Monocles John Chawarski Jr. That sounds like lawyers. Um, they said damages, emotional distress, punitive damages, attorney fees, and other costs. Uh, they basically said that Riddle sexually assaulted her after an Evolve show in 2017 of April. And uh, he bragged about it to Gabe Sapowski, who tactly approved. They're not going to. There's no evidence of anything like that legally. That's kind of really strange. Um, All this time, there's still been no evidence. They brought up that May 19th, 2018, he forced Tavo to perform oral sex on him by choking her. And again, like we spoke about, I'm not going to get back into listening listen to old episodes, but we kept bringing up the fact that she was always around him. Like, so she got assaulted by him in April of 2017, and then the following year in May, she was around him again in another situation where he can do things like, what the hell she keeps doing around this guy? And uh, she's saying that Evolve had a mis- misogynistic culture. Uh, she had bookings with WWE and Evolve in January of 2020. And uh, apparently she's saying that Riddle said that if she doesn't perform these sexual acts that she would, lose the bookings and uh apparently she did refuse and then he told wwe involved to stop booking her uh and apparently you know they they said that she had issues with talent so that she wouldn't get booked and of course as you know matt riddle denied this wwe statement was wwe has not been served a lawsuit by miss tavel however if served we will vigorously defend ourselves and contest it and you know they will you know, you got to be careful messing with them, especially if they decide to try to counter-sue you or fuck you up in some way. This is the WWE. You know, be really careful that you want to fight that battle because you're going to be opening another GoFundMe or a Patreon for people to pay for your legal shit.
2: <laughs> you ain't ready for that fight.
1: Yeah. And, uh, they did release the email. This was from referee, WWE referee, Drake w- Wu, Wu, wu And he's also a talent liaison. Um, uh, it says, Samantha, I regret to inform you that we will have to cancel your booking for this Wednesday, February 5th, as well as March 4th. Apparently, there were some past issues I wasn't aware of with you and one of our talent that would not make for an ideal work environment. Good luck to you in your career. So this is apparently one of the reasons she's suing, because she could have had a big break in WWE, but her relations with Riddle and the fact that he probably spoke up and had something uh, basically blew her big break. What are your but thoughts? But of course
2: it doesn't mean that it was on him maybe she was just becoming a problem See like that one kind of that one leaves that part wide open but yeah like the one thing and we've talked about it before like i said listen to past episodes why is she still not going to the cops
1: well i mean now the she's one- suing we can't even say that anymore she's i mean now she's in a legal suit so she's taking this very seriously so that that defense no longer holds she's in court with yeah, this yeah. guy you know what I mean? Like now it's kind of, my whole argument with this was never about whether you believe them or not, but about that the p- appropriate platform is to go the legal route and not just Twitter. That's what she's doing, whether you want to believe her or not. Uh which I'm gonna choose not to. You know, I'm open on here about that. You know there's I mean? too many holes in the story, there's too many things that don't make any sense. Um And then why do it take her this long? Too? And if I'm wrong, I'll Maybe be wrong. The route but, that, but, then, so. but I'm just not buying it right now, you know? It sounds There's not weird.
2: enough there to buy it
1: yeah just for me if you if, you know we have a difference of opinion here i hope that we can respect that but just for me and i don't mean any disrespect but it just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't add up there's a few of these we've come across with the speaking out where it's like i'm not saying everyone but there's ones that when we've investigated the pieces haven't fit into the puzzle properly and i'm just saying that that's sort of what we have here now as far as uh riddle goes um i don't know if this is inspired by this alone or if it has to do with his attitude but rollins has been very vocal seth rollins and he's tweeted out i've got no interest in facing matt riddle at any point in my career so he could go to raw as far as i'm concerned and this was him talking about the draft and uh when this happened a lot of people speculated that that was just rollins being the messiah on social media because he's a heel and uh, you know riddle's a baby face but then afterwards uh it basically came out there was a fan uh that came forward and said that it's not there's real heat Uh, And he basically said, uh, I guess he was, I don't know if it was a friend fan or what, uh, but he said that after last year's Survivor Series, Riddle took him and his crew out to eat at the same steakhouse Seth, Becky, and Carl Anderson were dining at. And they knew that they were there, but they went out of their way. um, They knew they were there, but they went out of their way to acknowledge them. And they said um, throughout the entire weekend, Riddle talked shit about Seth Rollins and how he never evolved as a performer and how he didn't take care of his opponents in the ring and how he was stale. And he said that, the, that it wasn't just one conversation. It was every time they saw Riddle that weekend. They said that so many of their conversations revolved around wrestlers and people in general that Matt didn't like or think highly of or he had a personal bone to pick with. And if they weren't chatting wrestling, he was either bashing others or boasting about himself pretty much often at the same time. And then, uh, you know, so that's essentially why a lot of people including Brock Lesnar, Goldberg Rollins, people like that, probably want nothing to do with the guy, and uh yeah that's that's pretty crazy, that's pretty messed up. I mean, he does come off that way, he does talk a lot of shit. We've seen it. It's not like we haven't just played outright videos on here from talking shit about people who he hasn't been yeah. in <laughs> he 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 he
2: he's shit talking right? he must got be established with a uh, Mr.. Riddle.
1: Yeah, they said that they, that, like I said, the other people went out of their way not to acknowledge them. You know, Um you know, they said that Keith Lee and Mia Yim were supposed to join them but didn't show. I don't know, so maybe there's some, some. It wouldn't surprise if there's riddle heat. I don't know if he's. I can't even say he. No, dude, are you talking about when they made Shane Douglas, Dean Douglas? I've never been a Shane Douglas fan, even when I was an ECW fan. So I kind of say every
2: he, time I think ashamed of Shane Douglas, I just think of endless bitching about Rick Flair. And all he was just like.
1: one of the people who who had the hard realization that you can't just say fuck to make a promo good. So once he got to WWE, out of ECW, he just really didn't do much. Um, I think they've gone out of their way to really push Matt Riddle. Even back when I wasn't too into Matt Riddle and NXT, they were pushing him yeah. to the moon with no hesitation. And I even said that it's the personality that annoys me, but the work ethic is there and he's fantastic at it. And then he kind of grew on me. So uh, yeah. I think he's been getting a fair shake. I mean, you know, they they keep him featured. They put him with big stars. He get the you know what I mean. He goes over top talent. Um yeah,
2: the guy they let the guy eat. I mean, they display him as what he is. He's little, he's kind of a douche, but he fucks people up.
1: Yeah, but they just seem to he seems to just be narcissistic. You know. With the way he yeah. talks about himself As if he's better than the other wrestlers That have been in the business He's longer like a lack of respect And unfortunately it's been coming out in the media That his wife apparently shares that narcissism Because uh, she uh, There was a, a post about her On Instagram This was a while ago And apparently she deleted it But uh, it was a picture of Becky Lynch And it said uh, Calling out multiple main roster divas Over the past couple of weeks For being straight, skinny, jiggly, fat Not saying they aren't beautiful Just saying squat It's funny because there have been multiple female wrestlers that have asked to train with me. Each one of them look great in their gear. Clearly, they know what they're doing, especially if you want to train with yours truly. All females freaking squat and go hard. I do not have many photos of my rear end in minimal clothing besides these two. Here is a comparison of me, not caring what I look like, just trying to be a strong, decent Olympic lifter and a mom of three versus two females getting paid a ton of money for how they look. Rant over. Rant over. And I don't have the image on me, but I saw it, and it was Becky Lynch. And I mean, what she basically, her issue was that a lot of these, uh, divas have, I guess, loose skin. Like they're skinny and they're in shape, but they're, I guess, their asses have loose skin. And she told him to squat to get that, uh, to get that out, which it still Coming did up, I guess come off a little bit narcissistic.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Can't argue that. Trying to get a good look at this. This is the first time I'm seeing his wife. Oh, shit. Stacy said a little joker looking. Are you saying like a Heath Ledger are you saying like the Jack Nicholson, wait till they get a load of me, Joker?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, God. You rat bastard. Yeah, I was, you said Heath Ledger. I was like, okay, stop there. Stop there. Fuck you with the Nicholson. There is a... Oh, God.
1: I don't know what to say, man. There is definitely something going on with those cheekbones. You know, what I to,
2: when I see her, I don't even think Joker. She has a smile like the cat from Alice in Wonderland.
1: It's She looks different. Thank you, Pixie Starler, for the host, Jackie. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing good.
2: Jackie!
1: Was that, was that our uncle? Oh. From from Jackie Chan? That's what you sound like when you went, Jackie! You know I didn't even think of that. Oh, man. I was like, is that uncle?
2: <laughs> Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even planned. That was fantastic
1: yeah no she uh yeah there's definitely a. Uh, i don't know i don't want to talk bad about it, but this. at the same time we have her on the screen because she was talking bad about other women's appearance you know so there's that there's that double-edged sword there yeah. you know what I, i'm not i'm a i'm not a cleavage guy when the cleavage is like that you know what i mean and I'm gonna get out of here after this. I don't like when the women keep it like on their left and their right side like a fucking detective. You know when the detective has the thing? <laughs>
2: like a detective. That might be the fucking greatest description I've ever heard. You know like the detective, detective
1: thing. Detective. <laughs> the strap that they put around the you know what I'm talking about. Oh my fucking god. Oh wow, she says Stacey said she looks like she got punched in both eyes. <laughs>
2: Oh go to bed
1: now. I don't know why I took them off the screen. I don't even know if we're done talking about. I was just tired of looking at. It. I think that was the end of the is that the end of the segment? Yeah, that was it. That's them. And that's what's happening with Matt Riddle. I didn't have like a good finish to that Just bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. The longer we stayed there, the worse it would've got. Yeah. We've learned over all these years. Eventually you just don't even get out clean, just fucking get out.
1: Yeah, exactly. We have to talk some, uh, some about some of the wrestling of this week soon. So I'm going to get one more, try to squeeze one more story and I'm going to skip the rest and see how we do after the wrestling. But we got Alberto Del Rio. This is an update oh, to a story. So apparently, you guys already know the whole story. So I'm not going to really go over the. I'm going to give you the bullet points of it. He was he's charged with uh, aggravated kidnapping in the first degree. He could face five to 99 years or life in prison or a ten or a ten thousand dollar fine. He better pray that it is that ten thousand dollar fine. That's that fine sounds wonderful right now. You know, it's over nine thousand, but you're free.
2: That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh, ten G, sign me up. It's Let's go. over
2: nine
1: thousand. Payment plan. You don't want it all at once. <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh. He could be sentenced. And then as far as that, um, if they get it down to second degree, then it could be two to 20 years or a $10,000 fine. And it was in Texas, which, uh, apparently the, the, a conviction for aggravated kidnapping. It could be, uh, a yeah, it's, it's pretty much what I said. Holy shit. Yeah. That's pretty bad.
2: You fuck up in Texas. You about to feel it.
1: They said he tied we talked about before. He tied the woman up in boxing strafe. He put a sock in her mouth. He sexually assaulted her for hours using various objects. He punched her in the back. Um, and uh, she doesn't remember much after he put his hands around her throat. Jesus. Even hearing it again, it's like what the hell, dude? You
2: know that face don't help neither.
1: Right? How come he looks like that? You didn't even try to look innocent. You look guilty. Bro. Why do you look so damn guilty? You, you, you look like you a bad
2: guy. Like that that is the face of a man who not three seconds earlier was like, I swear to god, when you click his you click this fucking camera.
1: This guy does cocaine also. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm not.
2: That's what. I'm, that's what. That's what it is. That's that the coke eyes coming down. Picture.
1: No, you could see it in his nose. And you could see it in his eyes. He's on coke, right in the picture. I'm just gonna throw that out there, guys, to be completely fucking honest with you. Like, if you've ever seen someone on coke, the nose, his nose is damaged. If you look at anyone who's done a lot of coke, their nose gets damaged like that. Like you can see that his, it doesn't look like the same nose that he had when he was in WWE it, to looking it, it at this photo. Like a,
2: it looks like a slight, you look like he swapped, swapped out like a used mm-hmm. nose.
1: And if you look at his eyes, being that is a guy who is on fucking coke. I'm just telling you. And uh we talked about back when him and Paige were together and they got into a thing and he accused her of having coke in her purse like he told the cops that or some crazy shit. I'm glad she got away out of that situation before she wound up tied up with a sock in her mouth. You know? Right. If you're in the wrestling business and anyone's putting a sock in your mouth, this name isn't Mick Foley. You are in the wrong fucking place. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
2: Oh.
1: And I'm not even saying just if it's Del Rio, it could be Santino too. You're in the wrong place.
2: If that motherfucker's I'm not about to say bang, bang, have a nice day, get fuck out.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: All right, you know what? Fuck the rest of these stories for now. We got other things to do. I'm looking yeah. through some of this stuff. Can't wait. There is a lot to discuss as far as what's been happening in the world of wrestling. Uh, so much. Let's talk a little bit about the Wednesday Night Wars, which, again, we're not going to go over match for match. It is going to give you some bullet points. Dustin, if you have anything you want to mention from it, feel free. Um, I'm looking at. So we'll start with AEW. Okay, Brian Cage had a match with Will Hobbs, and it couldn't be any more WWE generic of a match. There's way too much big muscular guy versus big muscular guy doing nothing that really entertains me here. And then it's kind of funny because here you got Brian Cage and Will Hobbs, two guys are trying to push. What are they doing? Curtain jerking. You're telling me you're going to make that your first match? A guy that you're trying to build is curtain jerking on Dynamite? Why was that there? I don't get it. What's your thoughts on that? Will Hobbs, Brian Cage, curtain jerking for Dynamite?
2: I mean, it's Brian Cage at this point. So I think we've learned his role virtually. Might as well be the curtain jerker. Uh, Will Hobbs, I mean, I think it's the first one-on-one match he's had with Dynamite. So I could kind of, so at least for me, like if it's your first match, I'm not throwing you that high up on the card. Like I'm like I'm like if I'm gonna look at it I'm like, okay, everybody's gonna be watching to see what this opening match is for Jericho's 30th anniversary. I want to get this guy Will Hobbs name out there. Fuck it, opening match. Because I guess I'm thinking of the point of view of like, okay, where what's the time when I might get the most eyes on him? It might be right at the start of the show. Yeah. The only one that- thing I will say though is that Will Hobbs is bigger than I thought he'd be.
1: Yeah, and that is solid booking logic, so you do have a point yeah. there. Sometimes you want to open with something that's going to keep people interested I, and invested.
2: I, I, yeah, I really think that's probably exactly what they, because I want to say, if my memory is correct, when it comes to a one-on-one match on Dynamite, this was Will Hobbs' first one.
1: Right. All right, well, that was the debut match there. Uh, what else do we have? We had the 30 years of Jericho celebration, where you had some very interesting people uh, show up for this. I'm going to actually see. Do we have it here? Let me see if we have it. Yes, we do this looks really cool they did this
2: all night
7: hey chris slash here and uh just wanted to congratulate you on 30 years in professional wrestling which is f- amazing i had no idea you've been That's doing it that long, and i think it's very commendable Including
2: and the Kurt- you're definitely Kurt- a
4: survivor 30 years in still non-eroded by the elements still strong still an impenetrable fortress and one who happens to also be very funny and very deaf.
6: And a good thing,
1: congratulations Anyone on your anniversary. Just the brother. Brother.
6: Hi, Long time. Yes. Hi, congratulations. 30 years in this business.
7: Tonight, we all congratulate you on that wonderful journey. You have represented the world of wrestling with honor. You've wrestled some, wrestled some of the biggest wrestlers in the world, and now you're opening the door for so many young wrestlers, male and female, who want to live a dream like you. You've also entertained fans all over the world. But lay chap on. Your juices haven't stopped flowing. I can't wait to what you're going to create over the next couple of years. So what are we waiting for? Get to work. Get your butt kicked. Kick some butt. But entertain us, Chris. You're very good at it. Here's to you, son. I love you and respect you.
1: A little bit right. of bubbly A little bit of bubbly Oh, it's bub- Bully Ray
2: spit popped a bubbly
1: He sure did
2: yeah. I love so, how they let, no matter where you were from They let everybody kind of show a little bit of love Because Tanahashi I didn't expect to hear from
1: Yes, Tanahashi was very cool They even went as far As to release Tanahashi's full message To him The unedited version of what he said Which I'm going to run here and link you guys to
6: Hi. Jeriko-san, long time. I'm Hiroshi Tanashi. Congratulations. 30 years in this business. I thought you, uh, this year in Tokyo Dome, it's good experience for me. Thank you. But, I'm lost. So, uh, I want to Fight you one more time. No. Ten more time. Thank you very much, Diego-san.
1: Ten more time. And finally,
2: san I love <laughs> you. <laughs> that's dope. Okay, she is great. <laughs> yeah,
1: very man, cool. Yeah, Curtain Jerkin. Curtain Jerkin Cool is when you're the first one to come out. You're the first match to open the show. Yeah, which mean, I guess we, it, we, there's a different logic to it in modern times because now we have pre-shows and kickoffs and shit. Yeah. and buy-ins and everything, that, so that technically become, will be the curtain-jerker.
2: That's jerker. become this generation's uh, curtain-jerker.
1: But still, the beginning of the pay-per-view is not a good look when you're trying to push a talent that they're the first one through the curtain, even when the pay-per-view starts, you know?
2: Yeah, but then go ahead by the pay-per-view, we've already done some stuff with them. I guess with this being a TV, it would make sense, but...
1: Yeah. But yeah, Tanahashi for the Jericho celebration. Very cool. Right
2: now we laugh, that motherfucker will wrestle him ten times if we let them.
1: Young Bucks take out one of the camera guys. Um, I wish I had the footage just because it was so funny, the way they did it. Because he's like, Matt, are you of what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. Our favorite move. Boom. And they hit him.
2: You know, what that, you know what it is? What makes that so funny is the way they shot it, you could sense the cameraman's fear of the fact that he knew no matter what he did, he couldn't get out of the way.
1: Our favorite move, and they was take him out.
2: The up moment where it's like, you know you're about to get hit. So it's like, shit. Shit,
1: Funny, the best friend's calling FTR a couple of weenies. Hope that doesn't stick, though.
2: I think the last time somebody called you a weenie, like... I feel like uh, that's almost more fucked up, because it's like, you gotta reach back for that one. Mm-hmm.
1: The big thing was Cody Rhodes versus Brody Lee. Cody Rhodes returns, and this is... What the hell was this again? The match called? dog collar match. Dog dog collar match. Um,
2: Which they had, um... Oh, let's see if I can remember who it was. It was basically, um...
1: Long John Silver? They came out nah, there. <sighs> nah, I thought he came long out there and got bloody, didn't he? Nah, nah.
2: Well, no, no, he he was there, but I'm talking about in the crowd.
1: Oh. Oh, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, if I can remember who it was. Oh, it was uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, who was basically Oh, right, did, right, uh, right. Yeah, he did uh, they had him in it because dog call the matches were his thing way back in the day. Cause I was sitting there, I was like, I knew they had somebody in there who had been known for dog call the steel chain matches, but yeah, it was uh, Greg Valentine.
1: Yeah, and that was cool that they showed his reaction and everything like that, even though they don't have anything to do with that. But yeah, Cody pulling him by the chain off of the apron into a cutter. I like that spot. Um, Cody using Kevin Owens' signature, the package pile driver, through a table. You know? I haven't seen that done in so long. That is pretty crazy. We have Arn Anderson because everybody loves Arn Anderson's spine buster. He gets in the action. He hits Alex Reynolds with a spine buster. Good moment there.
2: Am I the only one who thinks it's kind of crazy that at this point, point in time Arca still hit that spinebuster almost spot on
1: yeah it looks really good it but still it, looks good <laughs> it, it was cool for the pop but at the same time when Brody Lee's having a good match like that especially against Cody I just wish we didn't always have these AEW dark order guys
2: yeah <laughs> we just have it be just Brody right
1: yeah you know like it's like enough of this but anyway Cody does go over and he reclaims the AEW TNT title very proud of Cody And uh, this is what he basically said in the post-match. We'll link you guys to it. it Congratulations.
7: Here's your TNT champ once again. What a hell of a battle. (laughs) Cody, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. There is no feeling on earth like being able to perform and compete in front of a live crowd. I spent I spent from the time I was 15 years old to this moment trying to reach across the aisle to feel your love and people suggested that I should take a dark path that because I changed my hair I should go another route hell with that I am sticking with you people until the very end it isn't It isn't pandering. It's my life's work to be a pro wrestler. You guys have made this for me. And what I want to do is I want to come to anniversary next week, one year of dynamite, and I want to defend the TNT championship. Okay. Who's it going to be against?
2: Who are you going to defend the title against?
1: So you happy he has it?
2: You know. I would have liked to see a longer run with Brody. Yeah, but I mean,
1: I think you're. I right. don't
2: mind it. I just would like to see a little bit of a longer run with Brody. Yeah. But I will say one thing: that fucking kid cuts
1: promos just like his dad, very passionately.
2: Uh, it's kind of interesting. I have um, on my little YouTube like list. I have Dusty's hard times promo, and every now and then I'll just run it. I got the same goosebumps and you hear like the real passion that comes out of him.
1: Yeah, such a good promo. Yeah. Uh, a must, a much lesser talent of big swall goes over fucking Serena deep. Okay.
2: Right. I-, I am surprised you even brought her yeah. up. Sure. Cause I was about to skip her match. Whatever <laughs>
1: happens, whatever you guys want. Uh, John Moxley does a promo and I just thought it was an interesting promo because, uh, he goes into some deep shit, man. Like he goes into like, uh, being a samurai and being ripped apart by swords and arrows, you know, it's very Tarantino you know,
2: before we play this clip, this is I think one oh, thing I like is like, oh, I, don't his promos, I, have, I don't
1: even know if I have the clip go. I don't even know if I have a clip, Did they,
2: I, was I, there a clip the way you pulled it, the way you built it up, I thought you had it ready but, <laughs> but like his promos just I love the wild creativity that they have to yeah, him like really I genuinely do. feel like this is the shit that like clangs around this guy's head but they yeah. were too busy trying to have him be all hokey and funny on the other place for him to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I might like, actually... I, I,
2: I'd be scared to fight him after a promo like that.
1: I might actually have be able to get the clip real quick. Let me see if... Oh, man, that's, that's a long clip, though. I don't think we can... We don't have the time. It's almost seven minutes, man. Yeah, we, Was it seven minutes? That has to be a different clip, right? There's no, that shit wasn't seven minutes.
2: You know what minutes. it is? I feel like sometimes when I watch it live, I feel like his promos just fly by because then I'll look back and listen to it. And I'm like, was it really that long?
1: No, that might be something else because i saw him in like a mountains and shit so i just assume no it isn't
2: oh it's not, okay
1: there's it's him i guess that's just where he, what his go-to is it's just when i have something to say i'm gonna go to the mountains <laughs> you know because that's exactly Hey,
2: you're, you're pretty much up there alone with your own thoughts so yeah
1: very interesting
2: yeah it's kind of funny this is one thing he did mention is the fact that he i love that he brought up the fact you guys are almost killed each other in japan so that they're gonna come and do it in the states
1: oh he's in the desert right okay i'm sorry the desert
2: yeah, once again, alone with your thoughts. Only difference is a thousand degrees outside this time.
1: Yeah, right. That's exactly what the main difference is. <laughs>
2: Instead of goat, you got
1: rattlesnakes and shit. Yeah, pretty much. That is unbelievable. This but uh you notice he doesn't really interact with any of the other people. That's something that I've always I've mentioned on it here last week also. You know?
2: Yeah, he's just he's more kept to himself. He's gotta yeah. be a man on the island.
1: Yeah, which is good because the rest of the product, like I told you before, I feel it's hokey. And this is a guy who, who uh, he represents them. And I think he does a damn good job of it. Hell yeah. You know, so. And I then feel-
2: on top of that, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't the case, it just fits his character just to kind of like stay isolated.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Like in, in general, hokey or not, that actually works.
1: Mm hmm. Because he kind of uh-huh.
2: seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't hang out with people, just like stay to himself. Like you stay in my, I'll stay in my corner. You look the other way.
6: October fourteenth marks one year of AEW Dynamite on TNT, but I will not be celebrating. I haven't had much time at all to
1: celebrate. Very tarantino Because for every
6: monster, for every hungry young kid, for every legend that I take out, there's another one waiting right around the corner. That's the life of the world champion. I've been in this game long enough to know that eventually everybody's trigger gets pulled, your number will get called eventually, eventually somebody's going to take me out. And that man could damn well be Lance Archer that day, could damn well be October 14th. You see, one does not simply beat Lance Archer, one survives Lance Archer, I know from experience. My last encounter with Archer. I barely left Tokyo with my teeth in my head and my head on the I Forgot
1: about soul. that, Master. He brought it up. Now
6: the chickens have come home to roost tracked me halfway around the world to finish the job. Not unlike a samurai who meditate daily <laughs> on their own demise, even ripped apart by swords and arrows. I know every time that I hand the belt to the referee, I may never get to touch it again. So, what happens October Fourteenth, Lance? Maybe you win. Maybe I win. I got a lot of regrets in my life, but laying down for you is not going to be one of them. I'm going to leave everything in that ring. You're going to have to take it from me. You're going to have to unstrap that belt off my dead body. Ugh. Maybe you do.
1: Coast of what Well,
6: it's like <laughs> you always say, Lance. It's funny. Everybody dies
2: i love how he uses his own catchphrase against him on the last line <laughs> that's pretty cool like you know what?
6: It, it almost kind
2: of reminds me and it's only loosely just because of like it, it has the same attitude it was i think god back in like lockdown like 20 like no 2006 when it was christian cage versus abyss and he hit this one line he said are you prepared to die because i am i get that same energy from that promo
1: yeah very well done
2: that is the man who was willing to die for that fucking championship.
1: Mm-hmm. The only other thing I want to mention, I guess, is is the Chaos Project tag team, Luther and Serpentico. I think that's cool. I like the ta- the metal music and everything. You know, it really works for them. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, and- this was a... This match was actually picked specifically by Jericho, apparently, because Luther won half of Chaos Project, was one of his first opponents 30 years ago. Right. So Which- this match actually had a, an actual, like, genuine like meaning to it
1: yes yes it did
2: i like that hey ringing it ringing a big milestone with the old friend
1: Mm-hmm. and uh it's basically jericho and hager against chaos project uh jericho and hager going over because that's the tag team that they're building up right now yeah uh they basically have uh the inner circle get involved distracting Luth- luther and then jericho hitting the judas effect which uh Funny because I'm assuming Cast Project, they're the baby faces here, pretty much. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, right? They end the show and they end it like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that shit was great, you know. They literally, <laughs> I got ended, a kick out of that. <laughs> you know, they roll the freaking credits. I thought that was a funny moment. You that know?
2: was, I, you know, that was a Jericho idea.
1: Oh my god, yeah, they did the Saturday Night Live. I guess you'd call it the cold ending, right?
2: That shit was so funny,
1: but yeah, I mean, we said it was. We'll
2: say it again. Congratulations on thirty freaking years of probably a once in ever career. Like this guy has stayed relevant. There's never been a time with Jericho where he, where you weren't talking about him over thirty years. He's never kind of just fallen off. No matter what's been whatever what's been done, no matter how many times they brought him back with the fucking list and now with everything he's doing now even going as far as changes in music to one thing i think we can art we can there's no doubt about it that junius is a lot better than what break the walls down
1: but yeah for sure
2: everything he's done over his career and he's still keeping shit fresh
1: and i I, it's funny you mentioned i was thinking about it the other day and i realized that no matter what we're never going to hear break the walls down again like yeah, Jericho exactly. has a lot of power, and if he ever did go back to WWE, I'm sure it will be in his contract that he brings his music with him, since it's his song that he wrote with his band that he owns. I couldn't imagine exactly. him going back to break the walls, and it would just be in the contract. So that's the end of that, and I think that's appropriate yeah. too.
2: Exactly, it's a much better song, and it has like a just a just something about that. I mean, I still to this day I still kind of wish they didn't cut the very beginning out of it, but still, amazing song. Yeah. And the absolutely. crowd absolutely adores it. Like keep in mind, people, Jericho's supposed to be a heel. Mm-hmm. But that crowd will sing his entire entrance and they'll keep singing after the music goes off. Yeah.
1: Which I know he enjoys, but it directly contradicts his heel philosophy where you're not supposed to get over with baby yeah. face elements as a heel.
2: The sad that part about it is with Jericho. I feel like it's so hard for him to do now.
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about the much more eventful I won't say better but the much more eventful NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars which uh, a lot of stuff happened here we open with uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Kushida with the finish being Velveteen Dream interfering and winds up getting taken out in a dive spot uh, and then they basically Kushida punches him off of the barricade and he scurries away he's looked like a chump a couple of times lately in my opinion That was, I mean, considering
2: he still had that busted arm from TakeOver, so yeah, I'm not surprised he got a hell dodge.
1: Uh, Champa hitting Kushida with a basement dropkick in the face when he goes for the handspring back elbow, I thought was a good counter to that move. Um, I thought Kushida showed some real sides of his brutality, his new, newfound brutality with his stomps, really wrenching in that hoverboard lock when he did it. All looked really solid. Um, overall, good, good, good opening match there.
2: Very good, very good matchup between these two. I def- I want to see them run this one back again.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have Ember Moon's return. She talks about Ember's law. Uh, it's, I kind of felt it was half a bad promo. I don't know if it was a heel turn per se, but it almost came off like a heel turn, but it wasn't quite. Um, and then it just became... It felt a-
2: kind of like... She, it felt like like an edgy face Was the only thing I kind of picked up from it
1: I guess and then it just went to hell Because then they just sort of just threw Everybody out there they just opened the <sighs> ant cage It was like suddenly Eos out there Rhea's out there Dakota Kai's out there Raquel Gonzalez a fucking brawl breaks out Like the whole thing of the ember return gets overshadowed By just all this brawling and shit that we have uh, going on which kind of annoyed me that yeah, being said i would
2: have just left that moment just to ember
1: yeah that being said uh ember moon spoke to daily ddt and uh she basically said that the reason she's back she said is because of our uh, edge and triple H. she said she started um she said Edge was basically like do this get a sauna get a bike you have to do this um he basically sent her cliff noted versions of what he was doing because um he had such a bad achilles rupture too and and that they said he would never come back and that when the complications started happening that's when they told her that she might not ever come back and edge helped her out with telling her what type of therapy to do what routines would help um and she sent that to her therapist and everything started to turn around and uh that's how she's here now so edge is essentially the reason why uh she's able to return because her career was pretty much almost done
2: Yeah, good to have her back. I do like during the promo when she was just like (laughs) pretty much, pretty much insinuating the fact that she got like no promo time on the main roster. Yeah, she kind of took took a little dig where it's like, "Hey, I got a mic again." It's like weird, right? I was like, "Yeah, well,
1: yeah." Good move going back to NXT. That's
2: what what happens when you leave the good place for there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Paige sent out a tweet shortly after all of this happened. I found that very interesting. It was sort of indicating the possibility that maybe she's going to try to present a uh, comeback as well, you know. And basically in this tweet, she said, uh, let's have a look here. She said, recycled pick, but spent the last two years of my in career with this neck brace. Six screws and two fusions later. My neck feels wonderful. Can you let me in, coach? You know, I saw that tweet. And interestingly enough, the first thing that popped in my head was uh,
2: her retirement speech. Yeah, and it was a particular thing she said where she mentioned the fact that Daniel Bryan, because this was after Daniel Bryan had come back, Mm -hmm. Uh, she mentioned that Daniel Bryan gave her hope, but Edge showed her that there is a life after. Right. They are both back, so I think it showed that it's like for her, is it probably over? Yes, but now when you have Daniel Bryan who was gone for three years, Edge who was gone for nine and both of them are back in the ring, there's a possibility she has hopes. That's a possibility it's not over. Right. I'd want her to be careful, but it's good that at least it's something that kind of kept her spirit up. So it's like, hey, I might be able to get back in there too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully she does, because she was one of the better women in there, right? One of the best.
2: I mean, for the short career that girl had, only about four years, that girl had a Hall of Fame like run, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Uh... Drake, Maverick, and Killian Dane versus Everize. What <laughs> the hell is going on here?
6: I don't know. Oh,
1: like why did he want a buddy suddenly?
2: I I don't know.
1: Why is the gimmick of
2: get a buddy, I would get one the size of Killian Dane. But still, what?
1: Yeah, I just thought, found the entire thing really strange. I'm gonna see. Can I get that music of when they came out together, man?
2: Oh God. <laughs> You're going to make me live through it again. But.
7: These laser focus on one man that being Rich Holland, but here comes a duo in
1: Everlyse. We so Everlyse shows up, right? And here comes Drake. The
0: opponents, the team of Drake
1: Maverick and Killian Day. What the what hell
4: the- is this?
2: Killian <laughs> Day is right this? here. Land, man, we the Sandy back. I'm Yo, I love the music.
6: Stop whistling. It's fine. Get in there. Funny.
1: Oh, man. Can I get to when they win? Because then the <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> The victory was great. Yo, if it's going to be this funny every week, I am okay with this. Yeah. Tell me you're going to make me
1: Oh,
5: well, not upsetting Kelly and Dane, and now Dane taking things. Oh my goodness!
1: He drags Jordan. him for the tag. Let's get to the.
5: Martel. Look at Kelly and Dane. Kelly and Dane is rolling right now. back I'm
1: trying to get to the finish. Kane is
5: ready to lay the haymakers. Ouch! Oh. Oh, gonna
1: hurt. See, and this is when Maverick tags in, right? Sent
2: on to park. Yeah, and immediately paid
1: for it. Let's turn it down pay. a little bit here.
2: In the room includes...
1: I thought this was hilarious. This was great. He tags and he's like, "What are you
2: doing?" And he was
1: getting ready to go for
2: that bomb.
5: Maverick wanted I got
7: this. <laughs>
1: yes, he rolls him up there. Victory roll. He gives him a big boot.
7: Kick from Killian
1: Dane. And he power bombs freaking Maverick on top of him. Look at that. Music we'll comes back.
5: losing after listening this
2: awful
1: music. You can he doesn't like being his partner. I mean,
5: horrible music. This team, Sad this, this team
2: coming together. I, I, mean, I, I'm not sure that strategy is working. Man, are they human? Why didn't I join mean, them? Oh my God, King Quest is like, right. King guys. Quest is right. Anybody who watched Wrestling Society X, all five of us. This is like the Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs tag team they had.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: One was all peaceful that happened. The other one was just fucking death metal piss and vinegar. That's great.
1: That's awesome. Oh my god. But then at the end he shows compassion because he even carries a little buddy away. He talks about and then just carries him away. Carries him away. In the what's her name is it? Indy Hartwell?
2: Um yeah, I believe that's her name.
1: And she winds up getting Candace and Johnny um a free TV and then there's like a USB inside and it shows her saving Candace frequently in the previous battle royal that they had. So it's kind of like they have like a fan or an ally or something. They're going to do some sort of an alignment there. Oh, was that
2: somebody who wants to follow the Gargano ways?
1: Mm hmm. That's what's happening. Leon Ruff has a match against Austin Theory. Um, Ruff looks really good the way he moves, where he bounces off of the different ropes and recalls. He has that athleticism, you know, he's the new Leo Rush, right? That's what they wanted a behaving Leo Rush, you know?
2: Hell no.
1: That's what it is, right? So, uh, Dexter Loomis comes out here, and uh, I forget who he attacks. He attacks Theory,
2: I believe. Uh, him. He actually went after theory and they wanted to have it i guess an impromptu match
1: right 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 they right
2: tap theory out yeah
1: he puts him away back back and then and then cameron grimes winds up attacking him um in the um in the post-match so he uses that cave-in move actually
2: i love i think that's why i like the cave-in so much it's like this wrestling generation's RKO out of nowhere because you literally don't see him till he's in the
1: air yeah, I remember when he caught somebody on the top of the ramp without I forget who it was like months ago. I can't he did it. Who
2: it was either. But what I like is that every now and then, and this is a cool way to use enhancement talent. Every now and then, he'll have him just one shot somebody.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it's so cool and it's done so well. And I think that's why he's one of my favorites down in NXT because that cave-in is the epitome of out of nowhere. It is impossible to see that shit coming.
1: Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. You
2: damn near have to sense it, like, because it happens so fucking fast.
1: Uh huh. And now we get to Danny Birch versus who's this again? I don't even know who this is. Ridge <laughs> Holland? Who the hell is this Ridge, Ridge Holland? Guy? Snap, snap. So, finish to this is Ridge Holland goes over with a clothesline and a slam and his slam, whatever that slam is that he does. So here's the thing. Afterwards, Birch slaps Holland. Holland loses it and he headbutts freaking Birch's brain out in the corner then only Lorcan shows up to run in to save his partner and he winds up getting taken out by Birch too and I'm already at this point when I'm watching and thinking overkill like it's like they're trying so hard to put this rich Holland guy over that this was as you guys know on this show whenever all of the refs and everyone gets involved and they fail at separating the guy I call that the all the king's horses and all the king's men well that's what they did they did an all the king's horses and all the king's men everybody's trying to separate the guys Lorcan dives on Holland and it becomes a brawl and uh the problem is Lorcan winds up doing a second dive from the ring into Holland. And if you look at the way his left ankle, Holland's left ankle bends, he fucked it up. The ref puts up the that X. Shit. I knew immediately. Inch. I was unaware of the injury. That being said, I knew immediately that this man was injured. I don't know why he was standing that way to catch somebody with a crossbody off the top, but he hurt himself really bad. So here's the thing. They're building this guy. This guy took out Adam Cole. Now he's fighting Larkin and Burke. The fucking guy got stretchered out. Here we were last week talking about Triple H and what a man he is. As far as, you know, being able to like with torn quads and everything still still work. And, you know, just that guy should have done what he could to limp, crawl, whatever. But the, it's such a bad look. The fucking guy got stretchered out. Now, Oni Larkin took out Ridge Holland. Now I got to say to give WWE that credit, they're good at booking and they're good at building characters because if there's anything this NXT has taught me is don't fuck with Oni Larkin. He's on the rise. (laughs) Oni Larkin will end your ass. That motherfucker will dive till your legs get out. They got to do it now. They got to push Oni Larkin. The the guy they were pushing, just, you know what I mean? The guy they just pushing, Oni Larkin just stretchered that dude out. The dude they were invested in left, he's gone. Which, by the way, if anyone's wondering how he fucked himself up so badly, here you go. Here, take a look at this shit here.
2: Watch his legs.
1: Yo, you saw his ankle? Oh. Hold on. Let's get back there again. Look at his fucking ankle. Can I bring that back to that spot? Look at his ankle here. Ooh. Let's get that up large. Look at the way his left ankle oh. bent.
2: God, that is awful.
1: That's bad. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, that makes my leg hurt.
1: Yo, let me tell you something. The way that guy was screaming in pain while Oni Lorcan was punching him in the face is going to be hard to forget because Oney Lorcan wasn't aware of the injury. So all I see is him screaming while he's getting punched in his fucking face and then getting stretchered out. And then to make matters worse, to make matters worse, just in case you haven't had your fill of Rich Holland yet. And I think this is probably the worst thing he could do. He gave us the Michael Jackson. Do you guys remember when, (laughs) do you remember Michael Jackson got set on fire during the Coke commercial? And as they're stretching him out, they give the thumbs up. Look at this shit. Rich Harlan, the guy they were pushing, being stretched out after screaming in agony with a thumbs up. I get that accidents happen, but could this have been fucking worse for this guy? Oh, the guy who last god. week we were talking about that we didn't even know who the fuck he was, and this week he's screaming in pain while lark and punches him in the face, giving the Michael Jackson thumbs up? Oh
2: my god. Fucking don't snap till you get enough. What the fuck? Holy shit. Huh. <sighs> that motherfucker was in line for a push and then clack, clack, clacked his ankles. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I dared him to try to push him and get him over after only Lorcan punched his face and.
2: Go for his leg!
1: You know, bite his ankles.
2: I just want to see somebody do it. He him around.
1: He'll be like that bowling chain shit that attacks you from Mario. Like, I got, got, got. Oh
2: my fucking god, no. <laughs> Fucking come
1: back and you with a chain chomp. Oh my god! Holy shit! Anyway, Shotzi Black squashes lead just for shits I guess it was just like here she is. We're gonna kill her. May as well have run her body over She's with the tank all afterwards.
2: Weird, like, she turned heel
1: and then got killed. Yeah. Don't know yeah. what happened there. Hope it's not backstage politics. Oh god! I believe the main is it the main event? Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. It is. Yes. I really like the new Ember Moon look, music, everything. I never liked that old shit anyway with the whole silhouette and the, and the image of the moonlight or whatever. I like this. This is way cooler. Um Also, as usual, Raquel Gonzalez, the way she manhandles people, even Rhea Ripley. Dude, at one point during that match, she just decided to throw Rhea Ripley. Did you see that shit?
2: Yo, I'm going to tell you something right now. Rhea Ripley is not small, all right? And she just yeeted the bitch. like. <laughs> Rhea Ripley looks like she could join somebody's football team right now, and nobody would say shit.
1: And she just fucking threw her.
2: She just threw the girl.
1: You know? I'm more invested, and I know there's a lot of Rhea Ripley fans, I'm more invested in Raquel Gonzalez at this point than I am Rhea Ripley, just because I like the way she looks handling people. I like the way she throws people around, you know? I don't mind Rhea Ripley, but I was never as sold on her uh as being a big dominating presence.
2: And I mean, they never gave it enough time. They gave her the NXT title and immediately fell to Charlotte. Yeah, like there, there, there's still some kind of hope with Raquel, which that's the main reason I stick behind Rhea is because they fucked her up from the get-go.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just pushed but, her too fast. That's really what yeah. wound up happening.
2: Like you get, like I, I've always said, you let her clean out the NXT locker room, then start dipping into the main roster, then maybe you go to Charlotte. No, they said one title defense against Bianca Belair, who we know she's going to beat. Okay, cool. Charlotte. Yeah. Just just for Charlotte to hand the title back like a couple of months later. Like, there was literally no—they killed that girl's push for no reason. But, yeah, freaking Raquel—what it is with me, why I like Raquel more is—one thing, Raquel is more of a fresh face. Yeah. And it's it's more of what I would have wanted to see in Ripley. And it's like getting a second chance to see it.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Like I said, that's something I got to give her a lot of credit for, though. You know, her strength is something else. You it's know
2: she's ungodly strong.
1: Yeah, she treats everybody like they're small.
2: <laughs> when you're big, you're still small.
1: You know, look at her hair. Look at the way she's holding her. Let me get back to the spot here. Look at that shit. Fucking nuts. Holy shit. That's scary, right? That's what yeah, I'm talking need to, about.
2: You need to clarify, people. Rhea, it, when it comes to size-wise, Rhea's one of the biggest ones in that locker room.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: If she is handling that woman like she is a child
1: yeah she does really good with that watch this dude look at this here this sold me oh my god
2: <laughs>
1: she just Yo. threw her oh. that's fucked
2: so from one corner that's how you that deny
1: somebody a tag she said Yo. you are not going in that <laughs> corner she was like I'll throw you into a different brand before you get into that fucking corner
2: that ring <laughs> from one corner to the other it was about 20 feet she it, threw it was reckless it year. was like get out of here put the she flung her like 10 feet through the air.
1: Love her. Love her. Absolutely awesome.
2: And you know the bad part about this? That was one of those throws where you could tell Rhea did not know what way she was going to hit the ground.
1: Nah, no, she definitely did not.
2: Oh, definitely did not.
1: Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah, go
2: ahead. Oh, no, I was saying that's some scary shit right there. Huh?
1: Yeah. Basically, Ember Moon goes over with the eclipse on Dakota Kai, covering her, and then Ripley and Ember Moon basically shake hands and that was the end of that
2: good to have ember back
1: great to have ember back
2: to have her back home
1: Hmm. now we got to talk a little bit more about nxt because at the end of the day you got ridge holland he has a left ankle dislocation and fracture and his right knee patellar was dislocated so he fractured his left ankle and dislocated his right knee and he All had a patellar tendon rupture. And I'm not even done. He had a patellar tendon. This, you gotta take my whole order here.
2: <laughs> you said out work at Burger King, you fuck. I, <laughs> I
1: didn't even think about that. He's fucked, you know? But
2: dude, the knee alone, he's out for a hot minute.
1: Yeah, man. He's like one limb away from being Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> You know, they should do that. Somebody should Photoshop him crawling out of the lava going, I hate you. And instead of being Obi-Wan, it'll be fucking this guy. It'll be only Larkin. Oh, my
2: God. If I was only that good with Photoshop.
1: You would have chosen one. You were supposed to feud with Adam Cole, not break your legs. Snap. <laughs> no. That is crazy, though, that that happened. So anyway, he's fucked. Uh, oh, yeah. They set his dislocated knee at ringside. But the ankle dislocation was repaired at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, time for that Oni Larkin push.
2: There you go. We got plenty of time to make it work, too.
1: There is, NXT needs to adjust something, and I'm no professional here. I don't know what exactly it'll be. But uh, everyone's getting really hurt badly. The other thing yeah. that happened, Finn Balor, you mentioned this, that Finn Balor had a, had a bad jaw.
2: Yeah, he uh, and then, two fractures.
1: And here's the thing, though, because Meltzer, this is why Meltzer needs to cool his jets. Sometimes I appreciate when he gets the news, but Meltzer says that it's not accurate that his jaw's broken in two places, but that it was and that it was made out to be worse than it is, and that uh he's got a broken jaw, but it's not that serious and it's not in two places, right? This is what, what he says. What the
2: fuck they say on NXT?
1: Right, not only what did they say on NXT, right? But then Finn Balor does a post, right? I'm gonna show you this post here. This is Finn Balor. This is him coming out of surgery. Last Friday, I underwent surgery for two fractures on my jaw. You're already wrong, Mouser, including Perhaps one going, Melter. including one going into my tooth. After the tooth was removed, I was wired shut to restore my bite and help align the fractures. Then three plates were screwed in to fixate the fractures for a quick recovery. Thankfully, no wires were needed after the surgery. I don't know. Maybe it's just my opinion, but I disagree with Meltzer saying that people are making it out to be worse than it is. It sounds worse than it is.
2: So, Like, what's worse than
1: that? that. It (laughs) it was kind of at this
2: moment where I kind of realized,
1: I see why people don't like Meltzer. I don't... I mean, sometimes the news isn't accurate because he said that it wasn't fractured in two places, which I don't know why he would say that. But then it's not that bad. A broken jaw is bad in the meantime. They had to remove his tooth to get underneath that shit, and they had to wire his jaw shut and put three plates to fix the fracture and it didn't look like he got hurt real bad but you know sometimes you don't look like you got hurt real bad
2: Yeah, a a, a broken jaw doesn't always look as bad as you would expect it to
1: sometimes injuries don't look as bad as they are i wasn't going to bring this up it was actually cut from the program but mickey james is a good example mickey james is on an injury right now because her nose is broken um you know even though no one's really talked about i'm putting two and two together here and uh when she had that match with 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 uh asuka the last thing that happened was her taking that knee and then the whole rotation and them thinking she was injured and stopping the match, right? And when they interviewed her afterwards, she talked about how she was fine, and but the bridge of her nose was still hurting her from a knee. And I was thinking about that. Mickey James hasn't been having any other matches. The reality is that despite everyone's criticism, I'm going to assume that she was fucking injured and that what happened was the WWE and the ref was so observant that they caught that injury. She was rattled by her nose, which she admitted by herself, which now we find out later on is broken. They picked up on her being rattled, and afterwards it just turned out that she was okay. But her nose did get hurt. She got rocked there and didn't realize it.
2: You you, you so much, even if it's not broken, you so much you get hit in the nose, that will shake you for
1: a loop. You know, it actually makes the Mickey James situation make more sense. They saw something that she didn't even realize happened because she brought up her nose afterwards, but just thought yeah. that it was a little bit sore. But then
2: now we hear she's out with a broken nose.
1: Yeah. Two and two. So Finn Balor has a broken jaw that's going to be wired. He spoke during NXT. He had a little promo, so it's not terrible in that sense, but it's probably going to be a while before he wrestles.
2: It'll be Mm -hmm. a little bit before we see him.
1: Yeah, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean... And in that same match, Kyle O'Reilly got injured.
2: Yeah, I I think I've been hearing multiple broken teeth. Is that one still accurate?
1: I'm not sure about that, but according to Brian Alvarez, and this sounds accurate, no one in WWE is talking about the injury. And whenever you're injured in WWE and no one brings up what it is, it usually means a concussion. Yeah, so probably concussed. So, I'm just looking at NXT lately and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Balor's injured. Kyle O'Reilly got injured. Your Holland guy got injured. I feel like there was someone else before this that got injured recently. Wasn't there someone who got taken out recently? Um, huh. Oh, um,
2: anybody
1: I'm trying to remember who the hell it is. I know they Oh, yeah. Carry and cross. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, you know,
1: like I completely Oh, they're top it. guys. Everyone they've tried to push. Literally, everyone who's been in the main event scene has gotten fucked up by them.
2: But you know what the bad part about it is the only difference is that at least Finn and Balor did it because they had a six and a half star match where it's fucking has just botched all hell and only died twice.
1: I don't get it though. You know, this Finn, is the Wednesday night wars. See. We hadn't we had a bumpy <laughs> AEW show, but you know what? Everybody went home walking. See. How the you
2: know, fuck do you blame somebody getting hurt on Vince, Bowler yeah. and O'Reilly? No, he's joking. The shit out of each other.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. So then Jericho tweets, and not about this, but he tweets just basically saying that, uh you know, he was saying good to see that the AEW main event of Jericho, Jake Hager against Serpentico and Luther increased ten percent from the previous segment and doubled the NXT demographic. Plus, female viewership was up in that slot. Just proved that Luther is money and a draw and a sex machine. <laughs> oh you know, he was joking about the Luther part. But then one of the fans asked him if he learned anything from watching the main event of NXT, and his response was, "Sure, how to fuck each other up during a match so they can't work again for months." Hashtag smart wrestling. I mean, <laughs> mm, you know, I yeah, what am I going to say? You know, what I'm. A, I've seen more stretchers than wrestlers in NXT lately. You know. That being said, Dynamite did 750,000 viewers with a 0.31 in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT 639,000, lower by another over 100,000 again with a 0.16 half again in the 18 to 49 demographic with Dynamite ranking number 19 of the top shows and NXT number 56, not even in the top 50. They are getting their asses kicked and people are literally dying to try to get that show to beat AEW. I'm just saying, and I like both shows, but I'm just saying they're literally throwing people off a cliff jericho we don't really have time to play today but even in an interview he said that he thinks that the unfortunate thing is that WWE doesn't really care about the nxt brand it's just a tool that they utilize to try to fuck up aew
2: yeah i should say that from the get-go they sat they they threw them to the lambs whoever was gonna be sitting against them was taking his ass kicking like they think just about the brand they don't give a shit about
1: it. here's the problem with nxt right now why i think that they're in serious danger the whole reason why we had ridge holland Karrion cross and specifically Kylo O'Reilly versus Finn Balor was to make up for the talent that we're missing that got sick with COVID. And now all of the talent that does to make up and fucked up and they're all getting stretched out and their legs are messed up and they're all on surgeries. Like NXT is looking bad right now.
2: Yeah. And from what I've been hearing, when it comes to like the stuff with COVID, still hardly taking it seriously. Apparently they're not tested every time like they're supposed to be. And apparently, like, there's, there's people that. I guess there's trainees or something. They're having like fucking parties just going out on willy-fucking-nilly. There's not going to yeah. be a roster there to compete with AEW soon as the race is going. Yeah. Because nobody's cracking down and fucking putting a thumb in people's necks. Like, that being said, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, people, we can say what we want about AEW. We don't hear about people getting sick like this.
1: Yeah. I'm going to assume that there was some sort of a sport on at the same time, though, because when I'm looking at AEW's numbers, they did 753,000 viewers. Which they still beat NXT, but they're both down because last week AEW did eight hundred sixty-six thousand versus seven hundred fifty-three, and NXT did seven hundred thirty-two thousand versus six hundred thirty-nine thousand. Yeah. So they both can't went down. I not what
2: it was. There was something. On. There
1: was something on for sure. Maybe it was a presidential debate. Possibly. I don't even remember.
2: Probably, maybe that vice presidential
1: one. Right, it was. Exactly. I can't remember
2: what it was, but there was something on that sucked some viewers away from them.
1: Right. NXT right now, man, not looking too great. Okay, man, this is like the old days. We're covering a lot of stuff. Wrestling's back, guys. I'm um, going to talk really briefly about the Ring of Honor October 2nd, the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. We had, uh, this one's not as important to talk to me about, in my opinion, just nobody that I'm really particularly interested in. You had Russ Taylor versus Tracy Williams, um, with Tracy Williams hitting a pile driver into a crossface for the submission as the first match. Second match was Tony Deppin versus PJ Black, formerly Justin Gabriel in WWE. Finished being PJ Black going over with a crucifix driver. Looked very cool. Um, that being said I don't know Tony Deppin, but he is a solid ground wrestler he caused PJ Black to use two rope bricks with his transitions and submissions Um, I did like PJ's transition from the pump handle into a cutter thought that looked very excellent Uh, the two people work really well it's very strange to see PJ Black look like this he looks nothing like the Justin Gabriel of WWE in almost any capacity you know you guys know this since 2014 I've always complained on here about Justin Gabriel's 450 splash just because I don't like any move where somebody pauses for a long period of time and Justin Gabriel as you guys know if you've been listening since Episode one, my grievance was he always takes his sweet fucking time. He used to get up on the ropes, look left, look right, look up, smile at the crowd, wink, take a selfie, and then hit the 450. Was like, what the fuck are you doing up there, man? <laughs> I you
2: think know? there was one time I swear to God he spent a solid minute on that thing. And, and, like, it, yeah, and he'll, he'll do it jump. in
1: appropriate times When he was in the Nexus in the core, if they jump somebody, even if they're all getting their shit and hitting finishers on whoever the victim is, he would still get up on there, perch up there, and look around smiling.
2: <laughs> 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 he was charging an ultimate it was like go.
1: Jump. We've seen 450s before.
2: Realistically, he should never be
1: hitting that move. If that's maybe maybe creative told him to sell it because he seems like a pretty experienced guy for that to happen. But it would always take me out of it. I think I even remember one of the games I would play. It would be ridic- ridiculous to pick him because the pause would actually happen in the fucking animation. He would get up on there and I would be part of the thing. And it was like, I need you to get up. I think I remember the one. yeah, It used to be the easiest 450 to counter. Yeah, you know.
2: Because you could time that shit out.
1: Honestly, um, when I'm playing wrestling games... And this has been for years now. My go-to has always been Finn Balor since they put him into the game because, to me, he has the most practical offense in wrestling.
2: All of his stuff links together so perfectly.
1: When I used to play online, there was almost no one who could could beat me, specifically because all of the shit he does is hard to dodge. And, by the way, this is for somebody who's attempted it multiple times. You know, like the moment for me when I was playing online, the moment that I that I gave somebody that running drop kick into the corner, it was like, bye, I'm already I'm already drinking my soda and so like you're fucked. This so hard. Once you get them in that thing where you kick them in the corner and then he get and then after he yanks them out and hits them with the coup de gras, they're dead. You know, like
2: for me, now for me with Finn, I used to always I don't know if it was ever the case with you. I used to afford people and use them bloody Sunday because I got the timing on the coup de gras down. Yeah, there's a slight window finn's the old, that's my only downside when it comes to the game finn's coup de gras of all of his moves is the easiest one to counter the timing's a little easy to read maybe Everything if you else,
1: know it maybe if you know it because 90 yeah. percent of the people didn't seem to know how to. most finishers i would get countered. almost no one ever counted the coup de gras when i used to play online, that was my my go-to my other go-to uh just because of how fun it looked when you would get them i would pick shane because uh When you would catch them with Shane's signature, Shane's signature is something that the moment that they, that it connects, the entire animation has to play out, if you're familiar with Shane's finisher. So I would love catching them with it, and he would start shuffling around around them all the days and start hitting them with little jazz pap, 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 pap. and then he shuffle around a little more <laughs> they get so hot because that, that was the beauty of how that move hit the whole move once you, went you, to to, once you grab them they have to ride the whole move out of Shane in front of them shuffling his little feet really fast like a little box pap, 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 pap. <laughs> that was the best for me oh that was fun I wish those games were still good
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, we could always jump back in 19 one day
1: yeah so after the two Ring of Honor matches happened, there was this video vignette, which I didn't realize until later I when I looked online what was going on. You know, I was thinking like uh, it was this weird video where they were like, they have li- they've lied to your entire life, everyone in the media. And I'm seeing like these symbols. I'm like, what the fuck is this? A Monster Energy logo freaking stable? Are they the Monster Energy guys? One of you guys mentioned in the chat room earlier, but what it actually turns out is that this is them advertising the fact that EC3 is coming. I'm going to get this up on the screen so you guys can see it. I don't know how I, I didn't see that. So EC3 is not an impact anymore. That's not I when I said we're going to talk about it later. I had no idea what the hell this was. I'm going to leave this up on the big thing, my bad. Being lied to. See, like, who are the other people with him? Really good worker too, man. I'm glad he's going somewhere we can really see a showcase. You know?
2: Yeah, that, that whole angle head had going with Moose was me.
1: Yeah, I saw some link on YouTube. I didn't click it, but it said EC3's funeral. Did they kill him off in Impact?
2: No, what it was, uh, because you know Moose has had that whole thing where he's been running around with the old TNA World Championship. EC3 held a funeral for the belt because he basically stole it from Moose, and it was like, oh fuck, we're we doing a funeral But uh,
1: That is interesting.
2: I guess because they've basically portraying is the fact that even uh Scott Demore, who's become a part of some of the stories, he uh they've basically been the fact that like Moose has been delusional because he couldn't win the uh, the Impact World Championship, so he decided to resurrect the TNA World Championship.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, that is your Ring of Honor. we will discuss next week's episode next week, obviously. We still have some New Japan to discuss. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to go too deep. I'm actually still behind. I'm not doing as good as Destin. Uh, but when we last left off, we were on New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Night 4. This was the September 24th episode. Block B is the ladder here. Again, we're running late on time here. We still have to talk SmackDown and Raw and the draft. Holy shit. So... Gonna not stick too long on anything. Destin, as always, can jump in if he has anything to throw in. Just gonna do some results here. Uh, we had a uh, Sonata against Hiroki Goto, with the finish being Goto going over with the GTR. Solid match. Uh, yeah,
2: I love the fact that like they're um. And it'll come in later. I don't know when we'll get to it, but we'll get to a particular match of his. It's my favorite thing about the G one is the fact that when it gets to about these guys, when it gets to about this point. Some of these guys are torn all to hell. Hmm. Fucking Godo has not been the same since that match with uh Kenta.
1: Yeah, I love that story to it too. Um, next we're at um Tanahashi against Toru Yano. And the finish to this is Tanahashi uh winds up taping Yano's eyes with his own tape, and then Tana <laughs> hits the twist and shout, hits the ropes, uh, and a fucking blindfolded Yano, as Tana hits the ropes and comes back a blindfolded Yana as time keep in mind he hit the twist and shot he hits the rope blindfolded Yana Tana's running toward him he puts the ref in front of him while blindfolded kicks Tana in the dick and rolls him up dude,
2: fucking like a Yano card,
1: it's crazy Yano all the way man. I'm Yano. Oh, I want to see he's how far going. this shit goes. There was a point in this where Tano goes for a padded turnbuckle, too, but Yano winds up throw, throwing Tana his, and then Tana does like an air guitar. Like he's playing A guitar on the padded yeah. things. I don't know why they have female names, these turnbuckles. I don't know when the hell that happened. But apparently, whenever he takes one off, they get they have names and shit now. It's like really crazy. But fucking Tori went over. Tana Hashi. I Ashihi. love what I, I.
2: swear to God, Yano has some of the best storytelling because he, you ever knows when it comes to some of these bits, he never does the same thing
1: twice. No, he doesn't. He's really creative. So he's he's brilliant.
2: Sure y'all, to see what kind of he he does. One of the
1: most <laughs> clever people.
2: He's so much fun to watch. He's so entertaining.
1: Mm-hmm. We had Juice Robinson versus Kenta with the finish being Juice Robinson. Uh what what was it again? He did uh I believe it was uh was it the hand of god into the pulp friction? Yeah, yeah, hand of god into pulp friction. Yeah, brutal, hard-hitting match. Interesting to see how far Juice has come. Like I told you before, I like his look. Not going to spend a lot of time in it because we spoke about him last week. That's what's cool about this. Ooh, as the as coming. the G one goes on, we've already broke down a lot of the guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this match, Juice Robinson, Kenta?
2: Ah, uh, I love I. It's I love to see, and we've seen it more, especially with the Moxley, with the match he has matches he had with uh, John Moxley. I love when Juice has to get violent.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because because when you see him and you see this happy kid just dancing down the ramp, you would expect that. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets gritty, it's like, oh, that guy's still there. Okay. <laughs>
1: hmm. Insane. Good stuff. Very solid. Awesome. Uh yoshihashi versus evil with the finish being evil pushes hashi into the corner he stops himself from uh crushing red shoes like like basically yoshihashi when he's getting pushed in the corner, he's kind of stopping himself from crushing red shoes and evil uses that opportunity to low blow him and he hits him with everything is evil for the win uh i like the fact that going into this yoshihashi early on he basically tries to kill evil with his staff he comes into the ring and he's just pretty much sun wukong right away he's like fuck this here's my staff i'm gonna kill you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know i wish i i don't blame him because i hate that bullet club you know I hate that evil Fucking turned on Naito And screwed up Los who was becoming my favorite stable To make a shit bullet club With that stupid What's that That underhanded Too sweet They do underhand Like you're throwing a softball I don't know What the fuck that Softball is. too sweet Fuck off With that
2: Um not, well, like, I mean I guess they're, they're not worthy Of the regular one, So they gotta come with Their own shitty one now
1: so. Yeah Nasty snapdragon suplex From evil on Yoshihashi On the steel um, chairs I thought that looked Really brutal Um I like that Darkness Falls Burning Hammer style move that Evil does as well. Um, there's a point where Togo hits Yoshihashi with a chair to the back, and then he starts strangling him on the ropes. So, of course, you have Dick Togo. Now, I can't believe we have a kai guy in Bullet Club out here dressed in black looking mean. It's just like it's just such a strange world we're in right now. Hey
2: man, in this era, Evil Dick. Fucking-
1: it wasn't even the kai guy. I hate to say it, but in WWE, that's the least popular Kai Who do we have? We had the two most popular, which was Takamichi Noku and Funaki. You had Terry Boy. And then you had Togo, right? And then the other one was oh, the, the, the
2: Ty. that was Tai Kai, he? and
1: then you had, what's his name? Um, the, the manager, was it Mr. Yamaguchi? That Val Venus yeah, win some yeah, fucking was fucking Mrs. Yama- Yamaguchi? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he tried to tuck, tuck, got his dick off. Ooh. Oh Ooh. man. Those are great stories. Can't do stuff like that anymore. Nah, I can't believe really that, that my favorite part of that whole thing was that John Bobbitt is the one who saved him. Just because, right. it, like, that's so stupid that it's brilliant That's a you know, friend, term right doesn't here. know John Bobbit was someone who allegedly was abusing and raping his wife, so one day when he was asleep, she cut his dick off, drove off, and, and just for the record, driving if you
2: know his wife, Lorena Bobbitt, and yeah, no La- everybody else
1: Lorena Bobbitt yeah, and she drove off, not realizing that the decapitated penis was still in her hand when she realized that apparently she freaked and threw it out the window. They found it, they reattached it. <laughs> it is amazing
2: That's, that is so amazing she had to forget.
1: Oh, yeah, it absolutely is.
2: <laughs> How bad are you to what you that switched You
1: know, and like somehow John Bobby became a character on Raw. They should add him to the Bullet Club.
2: He'd be, yeah, he'd be the new leader.
1: Main event of night four, Tatsuya Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. with the finish being uh, almost at the buzzer, Naito winds up to go over with Destino. Oh,
2: my God. I thought they were going with time limit. Yeah, so did I. I did.
6: Really I. did.
1: Excellent match, Saber trying to crucifix pin Naito out of the Tranquilo looks solid. Uh Naito's neckbreaker from the apron to the ground on Saber also very solid stuff. You know the the wrestling in this it was just really something. there's was like a lot of pure wrestling in this. This was like really a solid night. I believe this is one of the highest ranked nights so far in the in the G One, and I, yeah. I suspect that it's because of those matches. Moving on to the G One climax night five of the September twenty seventh block A. Tai Chi goes against Takahashi, Yujiro Takahashi with the finish being Tai Chi going pimp. What was
2: that? I said Tokyo pimp.
1: hmm Tai Chi goes over again.
2: You know, tai Chi is rolled in this G1.
1: I need him to get more into that singing because I really like the singing gimmick. He just doesn't seem like he's really into it anymore. And I don't know why. But come on, really go out there and sing, man. Sing. Yeah. I mean, then again, I start to think
2: this late in G1. I say it like it's not only night fucking five. I don't even know how many nights. But at this point, I'm just like, okay, let me just get to this fucking entrance. Let me give them what I got. Yeah. I'm trying to die this round. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> by this point, you can kind of see they're at that point, even this early on. G1's starting to wear on some of these guys.
1: Yeah. And it's
2: and you can very tell early. the people. And what I like is that every night they're covering, like, especially even how long some of their matches are. Yeah. Because you can see it
1: on some of these guys. They keep track of who's been in the ring the longest, which is very cool because then you can see who's fatigued and stuff. And like I said, what I love about the G1 is not like a typical other wrestling promotion tournament where you kind of know that there's going to be top guys at the end and who's going to be like, you get general you idea no who's going to be left. Like. This one, it's like literally every G1, you're always surprised. It's anybody's game, anybody's game because there's all kinds of circumstances and things to factor in. So it feels more like a real tournament. You know, it's not you're not going to just go, well, this person's definitely going to win or that person like the the rotation changes a lot. And I think that's what I don't makes think it I've ever been right about a G1. No, we've never have. And I think that's the reason why every year, no matter how tedious it is, everyone who's like a wrestling fan, they try their hardest to keep up with the shit. Because, number one, yeah. by the time it comes around in October, you're already burnt out from WWE, you know, and then number two, it's always intriguing. You really don't know what's going to happen. They handle it in such a good way. You know, the, the only thing is, is...
2: With me, mm-hmm. with me with G1, it's not even that burnt out from WWE. I'm almost relieved that G1's here. It's just... It's such a fight to get through G1.
1: Yeah. Well, keep in mind that New Japan, unlike Raw, where they have their consistent weekly stuff, these guys are going to do this all month. They're going to do, what is it, 21 days, I believe, or something believe, Yeah, like I believe that. it's 21. Days. So 21 days, but then they're going to be off. You know what I mean? It's like we're not going to have New Japan for a while. It's not like they do the weekly shows. You know, there's going to be like a long duration... Before we hit Wrestle Kingdom, which is in January, you know what I mean. And then so it's kind of like you of get the, those breaks, you know. And
2: then one of the coolest elements, because as a lot of people know, I, I have a friend that I'm, I'm watching it through. He even asked me like, "Wait a minute, Naito's world champion. Why is he in G One?" It's because I don't know if you remember this, Rick. There's a special caveat when it comes to the champions in G One. Yeah. And what that is is that if if you're if you're competing in G One and you pin the champion.
1: You get a title shot. You get your number one contender against that champion. You know. You, and Naito you have that, the
2: possibility to walk away. And
1: they're not even sure with Naito how the championship works. They're not sure if the IWGP World Heavyweight title and Intercontinental title are merged and he's just carrying the two symbolic belts or if he would have to defend them individually. No one's really uh, covered that yet. Yeah. I Which would I would assume that, that he wins them both. Right, Like when he beat Evil, he beat them for both, right?
2: Yeah, but then again, they did. They did straight up put both on the line. I wonder if Naito, being that um with the stakes that would be pretty much on the line. I wonder if if you pin Naito, if you get an IC title shot.
1: Yeah, or you get a world one. That's a very interesting for yeah, the. Term, or if though. you
2: can like because they cause they never explored the option of somebody picking. Like so far with him and Evil, they went straight out for both.
1: Mm-hmm. Next match we have with Minoru Suzuki against Jeff Cobb. Finished being Suzuki going over with the Gotch pile driver. Very good, brutal match. (laughs) Jeff Cobb is crazy strong. The way he lifts people and stuff, even against somebody like that, it is, uh, it is definitely something to behold. Um, and Minoru
2: Suzuki at 52 is still the toughest man in the room.
1: I think he made the right choice going to, uh, going to New Japan over AEW because at the end of the day, there, I don't think a talent like that right now would be good in AEW. They're not doing very good with, uh, big guys. You know what I mean? Like there are. Like I don't know. Nothing's like, and even worse than WWE. You don't want to be a big guy there; you'd be fucking injured by now. Yeah. You know. So it's all
2: And he wouldn't get to be Jeff Cobb. He just get to be big guy with music.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. He. I feel like New
2: Japan overall would have just been the best place for him, no matter where he went.
1: Yeah, and I could see why. I hate to say, but I could see why he didn't do anything with uh. With AEW, because he probably saw the way a lot of these guys were being used, you know, and even the way they used him when he was there, it wasn't as good as what you would normally expect from a guy they're pushing. They're not doing good with their talent, man. I'm getting kind of scared for these guys, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm getting a little bit frightened for what exactly is going to go down here. But, uh, I don't know. You have any other, other thoughts in regards to that? Uh, I mean,
2: I can say with them, definitely. I hope it gets better. Yeah, because it needs he, to get better. Because now
1: we're seeing other companies that are pushing wrestling the right way, you know, and it just makes them look worse. Yeah, you know. So uh, again, we'll have to see what happens there. That being said, I digress. Uh, good match though. Glad Suzuki went over. He's one of my favorites. Suzuki is a beautiful that, man, isn't he? What a good violent bastard! Fantastic. One of my favorite people, man. He's, I just really yeah, dig him.
2: Like, if I look like I feel like you can't have a top five favorites in New Japan and Suzuki not be on. Able- that list
1: fantastic absolutely next we get uh a brutal crazy we get tomohiro Ishi, the stone pitbull against kota abushi with the finish being the kamagoye now so go ahead
2: i was gonna say there's a piece of commentary that i really like when it comes to this match because this is next level storytelling and i think you've heard kevin kelly mention that dark place with abushi it only comes out when he fights Ichi.
1: you know nobody else it's come out out, it's come out with other people but you know what the thing about him is like it's almost like kota ibushi has this elegant high-flying very uh stylish work rate versus Ishii who's like a hard hitting guy but it's almost like you know the way all of the older wrestlers they have that hard hitting style they'll do the forearm contest and the striking contest so always the older guys it's almost yeah. like there's an old japanese man deep within Tomo um, Yabushi. You know, and the when you awaken him I see he, this kid take. he turns in and he starts no selling back. And it's weird because normally that's not his style, but I love the way he switches it up. You know, he'll go from all of his crazy moves and his golden moon salts and all the other shit he does, and you hit him hard enough he, he just know, stands up and he has this blank look in his face and he's fucking hitting, hitting you really and, like, like,
2: and keep in mind, Ishii's hitting him as hard as he can. He really this is. Kid's man. Not he much. really
1: is beautiful match though this was great uh, Tomohiro Ishii you know he's up there in age I don't really expect to see he doesn't even look as uh, big as he used to I don't know if it's just my imagination I feel like I said it every year but uh, I'm glad that this was good for Ibushi and for uh, and, and it looked good for Ishii you know
2: it's funny like they're talking about it like it's been what they said 16 years since somebody's gone back to back Ibushi might do it
1: we'll see we'll <laughs> definitely see
2: if anybody could do it that kid can do it
1: yeah Next, we have Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay with the finish being, what is it called? The Last of the Dragon? Yep, Last of the Dragon. Yeah, Osprey goes over. Really good match. Love Ospreay's work. Seeing him hit that coast-to-coast and following it up with a bloody Sunday. Two solid moves. Beautiful stuff here. You know, uh, both solid workers. Absolutely
2: incredible match. Top mm-hmm. to bottom. Fantastic. I love the Last of the Dragon. It looks really nasty. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Shingo? Shingo, you know, I this is the most I've seen of Shingo. I mm-hmm. I almost feel like I feel bad that I've missed um, as much of him as I have before. I feel like after this G one, I have to go back and watch him his other stuff. But he's been he's been impressing me all G one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The like guy's
2: been like everybody who's beaten him. You've had a grind to beat him. Yeah, like Shingo does not go away quiet at all.
1: Main event of night five block A is Okada against Jay White. The finish being White going over with the Blade Runner. Uh This was a story of the dueling submissions because Jay White has his submission. And uh now Okada has forsaken the Rainmaker for some reason. His short arm clothesline, which to me, yes. I think is a huge mistake because to be honest, and we've spoken about it before, how over do you have to be as a wrestler to be able to get your finisher over and all your finisher is is a short arm clothesline and you get the right. entire arena to erupt for the, the crowd to pop they have a camera angle specified for it the rainmaker's brilliant because it's literally just a short arm clothesline that he managed to put over as the best thing in the world such yeah, a fucking good move been, you know that's
2: been the story this g1 he's been going more to this new submission the money clip
1: which kind of looks almost like i want to say like a million dollar dream almost i don't know what i want yeah. to call it not even but uh, which is it's a uh, which ironically is called the money clip but it's one of yeah. those moves like that but um which, they,
2: which mm-hmm. i kind of been looking at it as the starter g1 and i can understand the logic behind it because with his rainmaker everybody knows this move the one thing with Okada's strategy that isn't working that he doesn't need to adjust is he's going to it too much. Yeah, like he—I mean—he's keeping the rain, he's kept the Rainmaker in his back pocket, but he's really trying to uh, almost let the Rainmaker the Rainmaker take a back seat as like a last resort rather than being his primary finisher. Which I mean, he's been winning with the money clip, but it's just. He's going to it and then, like, somebody will counter it and then he'll get a counter and then instantly right back to it instead of trying to work back around to it.
1: Right. But they talk about in this match how doing so, how not using that Rainmaker might have been the thing that costed him the match.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. Jay has not been hesitating to go Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: And I mean, this was also another story in the fact that, like, Jay's beaten Okada before. So it was on. Almost- some sense of like not just on the level of G one. Okada needed to win this.
1: Yeah, he absolutely. Jay,
2: Jay Jay White took advantage of the fact that he could afford to lose that match.
1: Yeah. So Okada's definitely not going over here. Not looking great for him.
2: Yeah. At this wow. point, he was sitting at uh, two points with a one and two record, whereas exactly. Jay White was three and oh.
1: Yeah, and that brings us. I believe that was the main event of that, right?
2: Yeah, that was uh, the headliner.
1: Okay, so that brings us to night 6 the september 29th episode going back to block b you have sonata advancing against yoshihashi but the finish being yoshihashi goes over with karma um good looking match sonata putting Yoshi into that dragon sleeper and spinning him around roughly i thought was a very solid match um a move, rather. you know um <laughs> overall good you know we spoke about both these guys again we got to get to uh, the draft so we're gonna try to speed things up here anything else on this oh
2: uh, no fantastic match uh, great the- great job with both men
1: kenta versus zack saber jr uh with the finish being kenta going over with the gts kenta's looking fantastic i'm glad he's back in new japan um i love him hitting that beautiful busaiko knee which I, as you all know daniel bryan hit it bothers me in wwe that to be honest with you that daniel bryan hits it and they don't really say anything it's kind of like it's literally but kenta's fucking knee 100 they, percent they, they he's don't the like only one who anything. does it that way and whenever yeah, brian does it they, they
2: don't like to acknowledge anything Mm-hmm. Exist outside your Sheila walls,
1: and whenever Brian does it, they just call it the running knee. And what I give Morrow credit for was when Morrow was there; that was the only time that I've ever heard it called the Busicco knee. And I've always known it was that. And if you've ever listened to the old episodes, I've always called it that. But uh, they never have. And I believe Morrow did it once, and then he never did it again. Which to me, I feel like they told him not to.
2: Oh yeah, of course because
1: it is. That's the fucking Blue Cycle knee, and that's what Daniel Bryan's always used. And uh I always found it funny that CM Punk and Danny Bryan, two of the people who are most over, I guess in what will be the last era, um, they had two of Kenta's move. One had the Blue psycho knee, the other one had the GTS. You know? But uh yeah. anyway. It looked good. It looked really good. I thought this was a really cool match. I think everybody did a really good job here. Uh we're back to Tanahashi, who's now against Juice Robinson um the finish to this was a very ugly ending of tana countering the kill switch into a roll-up it just felt slow the counter of the kill switch into a roll-up there was a miscommunication there but it was still the finish so it's just an ugly ending um juice look good as always he has some pretty aggressive cannonballs um i'm kind of getting sick of seeing a struggling tanahashi barely making it through his matches It's reminding me of like the last days of freaking uh Jushin Thunder Liger, in a way, and I get it. But then again, get older, I mean,
2: Tanahashi's been having some of the longer matches this G1. He has, but at the same so time, Tanahashi's on him a little bit. Like
1: back in 2014, 2013, even earlier, Tanahashi's always been their John Cena. It's just weird. And I know guys go back down the ladder, like we've talked about on here, but it's just weird to see how much they really have him struggled. I don't think he's as much of a struggle that was seven years ago, so it's
2: like. Yeah, it has been a bit. Tan- bit. Tanahashi's been going hard that whole time, so I'm almost not surprised that it's really starting to affect him. Yeah. i mean it's not it's not the way they tried to say on night one where it's like can he make it it's like no he's gonna make it he's not gonna have fun making it but he's gonna make it
1: it's gonna be an unpleasant making it
2: <laughs> he'll get yeah. there he'll almost die seven times in the process but he'll get there.
1: yeah really nice jackhammer from juice too he should teach it to goldberg if he can not nah, go do that. It off you know really we'll nice go, Jack Jack juice. To you know show. you know how to do a jackhammer you know i like the ton to keeps his legs open in the air instead of it just being like a straight up jackhammer makes it look solid um, just a big bit of a difference in the, in the symmetry of it. Really cool. Toru again, now he's against evil with Dick Togo, the bullshit club, once again showing up here. The finish being, yes, I you, you beat me
2: too, you fuck.
1: the finish, I'm loving this, <laughs> this, motherfucker is awesome. this motherfucker winds up double low blowing evil and Togo and rolling evil up.
2: Yo. He hit, like, 19 low blows in about three and a half
1: seconds. I'm good, because I hate that Bullet so Club. so
2: fast, I had to rewind it and make sure I caught everything.
1: I hate that Bullet Club. Look at you, you goof. You all got screwed over by Yano. That would have never <laughs> happened to old Bullet Club members like Balor or AJ or Either, Adam Yano's you know, like yeah, low blows. Mega. What's that?
2: It's the fact that, like, when he does it, he doesn't do, like, the arm curl, like, hold it. It's just, boom! And then it's <laughs> Yeah.
1: But Evil winds up hitting Yano with the turnbuckle padding. he pulls his and he swings it and hits him. But the whole turnbuckle thing backfires because this guy winds up getting whipped into all four ter- exposed turnbuckles. Maybe he'll think twice about doing that shit. Just kick them in the ball from now on, Yano. You don't need those turnbuckles. Once those shits are exposed, you get thrown into me. I couldn't believe he hit all four. That's rough. You know? A bit of overselling there when you think about it. Because in most wrestling federations, generally, a whip into an exposed turnbuckle is the end of the match. You know, this guy got hit with four and one. Like, Jesus. You know,
2: <laughs> oh, you thought it was over? Nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Hiroki Goto is the main event of night six block B against Tetsuya Naito, who's going again with the finish being Naito again, going over with Destino.
2: A running one and then a regular.
1: I like the fact that going into this match, when Naito walks to the ringside, he slides in both titles, like he slides them to freaking uh, Goto's feet, you know, kind of here. Have these. Close.
2: The closest you're getting to these fuckers.
1: Have these.
2: I love how, like, the fact that Naito isn't, like, all extra flashy with his championships. He holds them so low to where they're constantly dragging on the ring and they just toss them in the ring.
1: I like it better it's than not like, It's to... not like
2: it used to be when he used to fuck up the IC title. He used to just enough.
1: throw it, right? Remember when he used to throw the title ahead of him? Just raw, fuck the title. And he, when he leaves, he would just throw the title everywhere and everyone hated it. Fucking that was such a good He was off.
2: almost falling off and it was dead yeah. It I'm turned into he, a storyline when Tana Osby got that belt off him.
1: I'm glad he's a baby face on just because even when he was doing that, the Japanese audience loved him so much, they would still pop for Los Ngobernables. They still had to sign. So this is a cool run, man. He wasn't getting I, I, pushed properly in the last couple of years and now he's getting it.
2: And I really think it was just a fact that like, they got so behind the personality. Like There's certain cases we've seen. like this case with Naito. We saw it with Becky. Some fans get behind the aura of a superstar so much, they will not do them.
1: Right. I know they exactly what you mean. They refuse to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that is what? That was night six. We're going to have to stop here because we got to go to the draft and then end the show. But that being said, next week we'll be covering night seven back on block A. This will be the September 30th episode. That only puts us right now 13 days away. Uh, the matches are Minoru Suzuki against uh, Yujiro Takahashi, Kota Ibushi against Jeff Cobb, Taichi against... Mokada, um, Osprey against Jay White, and Tomohiro Ishii against Shingo as the main event there. So we're going to be covering that next week in Block A, and then we're going to go on to other days too. We're gonna we're gonna get probably into the double digits. This brings us to SmackDown and Raw and the draft.
2: Oh, oh my favorite time of the year! This shitty draft.
1: I don't even know what to say in regards to how poorly this draft was done.
2: So many things that don't make sense. First thing with the draft, and this is something I really need them to stop fucking doing because no place I ever does draft does this. If they're staying on the, on the show,
1: don't fucking mention it. They've never done care. that before. I don't, want, the draft, I don't
2: watch draft to see who's going to stay. I watch to see who's getting switched.
1: The draft used to just be exactly what you're describing. You know what I mean? Like the draft used to just be, they never used to do that where they would talk about if someone's staying.
2: I mean, it, you know the funny thing is, as much as we used to get the superstar shakeup, at least they only made you give a shit when it was who was ever jumping shows. I don't give a fuck who stayed. Why do I care if SmackDown's world champion is staying on SmackDown's show to defend SmackDown's world championship?
1: Yeah, I don't get it either, man. Trust me when I say I don't get it either.
2: I'm not popping just for the result. Give me a reason to pop.
1: And they can't because they, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, and it shows with that draft, that draft wasn't thought out. It feels like the last few drafts were not thoroughly thought out.
2: I mean, it's kind of jumping around the show a little bit, but a fucking, a prime example was the, a tag team switch. Right. Because we had, one of the matches we had was Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Kofi Kingston and returning Xavier Woods. Yeah. So this is what they decided to do. The New Day win their ninth tag titles. Then
1: they switch the New Day to Raw. Yeah. So there's a couple of problems with this. The way the rules of this draft went is you can take any tag team, and anyone that you take comes with the titles. So we don't know who the GMs are, who's in charge of Ron smack them behind the scenes, which I think by the way hurts the draft. I think that's when GMs serve the best role, not just being there to call matches, but when you see them like, you know, sort of feuding over who they can get and what titles they could bring to their brand. That being said, you know that the belts go with the champions. The problem with this is that so New Day wins the title. They couldn't wait to get them off of Nakamura on them. New Day winds up winning the title. Uh they have a reunion. It's Kofi and, and Xavier Woods. They have a little backstage reunion with uh with Big E. And uh, immediately after they win the titles, they come up in the draft pick. The problem with that is if they would have just let a little bit of time go between uh, when they won the titles and the draft pick, it would have made more sense. It would have looked like whoever was was, uh, doing the draft chose them because they had the titles. But since they were already chosen, it's almost like they couldn't have known that they were going to have the titles. That being said, it doesn't make any sense that they would pick them. And then the other thing is that, the first pick for Raw, I believe, was the Hurt Business, right? Yeah. So if you could pick four people for Raw, why can't you pick three people from SmackDown? The Hurt Business are not a tag team. The new Day is. There's no reason why whoever chose the tag team champions couldn't have also taken Big E. So you see what I mean? The rules of the draft are very inconsistent here. And why can There's someone no take four people? You know, It's like they were just making shit up as they go along. And like you said, they brought up a lot of people who weren't moving. You know, and that's something else that aggravated half me. I don't want to hear who's fucking, staying.
2: Half the fucking picks were people who weren't even moving. If
1: so you're I'm gonna, not
2: moving shows, I don't give a shit where you're at.
1: So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just break down to you guys who moved. We're not going to go over who stayed because you know they stayed.
2: Talk about the message that actually mattered. Yeah.
1: So for Raw, we had uh one of the big changes was Rollins being gone, right?
2: Yeah, Rollins is on SmackDown again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. AJ Styles also on also now on Raw right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Naomi is now part of Raw. Miz and Morrison moved to Raw. Xavier... Which
2: interesting thing uh, with Miz, he has switched every draft.
1: Yes, everything. He's never draft
2: he's, he's never survived. Him and Kevin Owens have never survived a draft and been on the same show.
1: Yeah, Xavier Woods and Kofi, as as Destin mentioned, they are now moved over to Raw. They actually did a thing tonight where the champions swapped titles. Um, my problem with the champions swapping titles, I know it's not a big deal, and you obviously have to do it, but to give you an example, like the new day, I believe, aren't they like seven time Raw champions and two time SmackDown champions or something like that? Yeah. How the hell do you count it now? Like what happened? Like so, you they were SmackDown champions that switched the Raw belt. So how do you? I count I not count that. Like, does it mean that now they're? Oh you know what i mean like are they 10 times i feel like if
2: they if they have the nerve to count that as title number 10
1: fuck this company but then if you don't count it it's going to be weird that they want that they won one title and lost another on the record you know what i mean it's just a strange move to make uh it doesn't make any sense to me it will make more sense yeah, cause, not cause, to it, the only
2: them, really reason i can see it making sense is because the street is getting switched they obviously had the swap titles
1: you know what i would have done to be completely honest with you i wouldn't have it would make more sense in the continuity of the storyline if this happened and now you have the SmackDown titles on Raw and the Raw titles on SmackDown. It's no different than back in the day when we had the invasion and The Rock became the WCW champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if that's the way that it fell, fix it later on. But just so that you could commit to the fucking, con- you know, the the consistency of your rules You know, don't do anything weird like that I don't know, I didn't get it, I didn't understand that at all But anyway, continuing with the people in this draft So you got Xavier Woods and Kofi The Fiend now moved over to Raw Braun Strowman now moved over to Raw Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss moved over I guess to be with Strowman Elias makes his return, he's moved over Lacey Evans has moved to Raw Sheamus, Nikki Cross, Riddick Moss And Arturo Ruas Which none of you probably give a shit who that is
2: Yeah, some NXT job on on the route
1: on smackdown because they have they get they get two they get two picks for every raw three because they're doing three versus two hours um you have bianca belair oh yeah also you're right buddy um you have bianca belair dominique and Rey mysterio biggie uh you which again they separated them you got tucker who separated by the way some of these happened on the website and off the air Friday going into Saturday morning. So if you didn't hear about them, it's because you didn't go to the website. I had the unfortunate privilege of, but yes, Tucker was, was separated from Otis. They did it online and they hugged and said goodbye and shit. So that's over. Murphy is on SmackDown now, right?
2: Yeah. But you remember he's back on SmackDown.
1: Yeah. Uh Kalisto, uh, the Street Profits, Kevin Owens, uh Lars Sullivan, who also made a return, which, by the way, Vince is still very high on him. Uh, Rude and Ziggler, Apollo Crews, Alistair Black, Natalia, and the Riot Squad moved. So Natalia was moved away from her current partner, which there was a fallout with that anyway. So now you get a general idea of the draft. Now, that being said, let's talk a little bit about uh, SmackDown in general. Because SmackDown is where uh, they did a lot of these changes as far as... Uh, that's where they announced that for Raw, you would still have the people and everything else going on as far as the ones that are going to stay and stuff. So a lot of time was taken up by that. Um, Big E taping Seamus's ankles together during his match. You totally stole that shit from Yano. We were just talking about that. You watched New Japan. I know. I see you. No, no,
2: it was totally original.
1: Yeah. No way. Um, We had a new day reunion. Like I said, they become the new tag champs, getting enough of Cesaro Nakamura. Um, Jeff and Matt Riddle. Who did they win their tag match again? Because I know they're called the Hardy Bros. I hope that doesn't stick. Stick, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't I mean, remember. I don't even remember who the hell they fought.
2: It was it was Miz and Morrison, the right, greatest right. job of the 21st century.
1: Right, Be and jealous. they end this, and they end this with the return of uh, of Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan shows up. Yep, it's Mitch.
5: And
2: look He's at this power,
5: just unmatched by oh, God. Lord, a clubbing
2: blow.
1: Them up.
5: The freak goes six three three thirty. And the Freak is unfazed by these kicks from Matt Riddle. And now planning Riddle with a power slam. Almost driving yeah, Riddle
0: brutality. through the
5: mat. And now Jeff Hardy is in his sights. The sights of the frightening freakish is oh, Freak.
1: So large, like I really feel like I get that Lars is a really muscular guy and shit. And that, that they want him to look like this big inti- intimidating guy. I could really use for him. To, to lose a little bit of his master you know he's very wide. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's very fucking wide. Uh, uh, so yeah, there's Lars Sullivan for you guys who have been waiting. I know everybody asks me every week. Hey, Rick, when do you think Ross Lars Sullivan is coming back? Now, you know. Who the fuck asked you that? Nobody.
2: Oh, like, I'm gonna say how many people need a life? You wondering that shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh anything else relevant on smackdown i'm not covering the whole thing here.
2: um well one of the big things was that roman and jay basically uh decided on the stipulation for their hell in a cell which we're gonna have a first time ever uh an I a quit hell in a cell match
1: yeah so we're gonna have an i quit match
2: that's going to be god awfully brutal.
1: smackdown did 2.0865 million viewers or, um 2.865 million viewers, and uh a 0.8 in the first hour, 0.7 in the second, in the 18 to 49 demographic. Uh, now, as far as Lars Sullivan goes, more shit came up with him. Actually, some messages leaked. I guess he's been sending, like they accused him of sending dirty messages or something to someone. I'm gonna bring it up here so that we can see what the hell we're we're looking at before we pass judgment, as we always do. Um. Here yeah, they are, so here's some Lars messages. Let's see what the hell he was saying, I'm bringing this up on the big screen here. So do you see it on your screen? I'm trying to bring it up. It's so small the the print here, at least when I bring it up on the screen. pain in the ass there's always a complication when trying to get things like that done. okay,
2: yeah, I can faintly read it, but yeah, I see it
1: yeah it's so so basically. She sends a picture, I guess, whoever he's dealing with. He's like, incredibly beautiful. I absolutely love your legs. And he says, you got any booty pics in those, hun? And he puts like a little devil face. And, uh, let me bring, let me see if I can zoom this in a little. I'm sorry. My screen's a little bit far. She says, Hey, Lars, I'm going to refund you your money. I'm guessing she's some sort of a fitness person. She says, Hey, Lars, I'm going to refund you your money. I told you before, I block people who send me messages like this. So you're, so you're kind of, You've kind of had a warning. I don't have time to work with clients who don't respect boundaries. I'm a happily married woman. It's also not very smart on your part, given you're quite well known. You know what, man? I don't really think that this is that big of a deal. All he said to her was incredibly beautiful. I absolutely love your legs. You got any booty pics in those, hon? Most normal women wouldn't be highly offended by something like that. It's not the most disrespectful thing. You know, she wound up refunding the guy his money and blocking him. You don't think that's a bit extreme? Is it just me? Yeah,
2: it, it's a bit much.
1: You know, like, he's not really... So he asked for booty pics, you know? Like I said, I just thought it was a little bit strange that that's what came up, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: And I don't know who this other person is, but let me bring, the, let me bring another one up on the screen here. I don't know why the hell we're even covering it, I guess because Lars returned. So the second yeah, one We
2: talk about, it, They're gonna be like, what the fuck?
1: So the second one here i just brought it up she said i'm happy to be named so this is i guess body slam.net talking or someone from there and she said that this that 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 she's been friendly for the best part of a year with lars and the inappropriate comments only started recently as a professional who is good at what she does she thinks that it's just a little sad that men feel that they can send messages like that it's insulting was this still the booty pics i
2: i i would figure so
1: shit man People take messages like if they're tangible at this point, right? That shit will burn you. You can't just ignore it or, you know, I wouldn't have even refunded his money if you really feel that way. If it's that strong, which I don't think you should be, block him and keep the their money. <laughs> you know? ain't you your money. You know. So then Lars tweets somebody that to the same person. How much is your booty program? If I was a woman, I definitely heed your advice on booty sculpting, LOL. And then she put it's $50 um and she put put it to your female following and he said i doubled that for pics just saying and then the person blocked him he does seem a bit thirsty you know i think the women are overreacting but the guy does seem a little bit thirsty like who the fuck does that in women's pictures man go watch some porn or something you know you have to have (laughs) you have no game lars
2: i i think that's what it is like it's it sounds like like I almost wanna see like how far back it went and like how long he kinda of pushed that. Because yeah, you push that long enough, eventually it's okay. like you're doing too much
1: by. But yeah.
2: Yeah, so, it kinda of, it just it kinda of depends.
1: Yeah. But he Vince is high on him, so what are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna Vince is high on anybody above six feet, so
1: Alright, we are at the final stretch, guys. We're gonna talk about Raw a little bit, which brought in uh, last week brought in one point six hundred and eighty six million viewers, which is a gigantic fall. That just goes to show that at this point, because they were 1.822, they lost over 200 right there. Um, not looking very good right now. And I'm, to be honest with you, when I look at SmackDown and Raw and NXT, the numbers are not looking good. And I don't just mean for wrestling. I mean, in the long term, this is starting to look bad. You know, like nobody, this indicates to me that no one really cares what's going on. The SmackDown yeah. numbers are the same thing. And in the case that nobody cared who was going to be drafted where, um, they've just done so many different changes and mixed so many things up that no one cares. It's like no one's tuning in. They're not getting back anybody in these Especially
2: numbers. Especially because their drafts never wound up meaning anything because people just switch in, switch throughout the whole year anyway.
1: I couldn't think of a worse time to have a draft than when you're all performing from the same location every week
2: and it's then so on top stupid. of that ring of honor or new japan are back with a vengeance
1: like i said i think a lot of people are desensitized to WWE. it's not looking good i don't know what this means i'm not trying to speculate anything but i'm just saying it's not looking good right now uh anyway this show opens with orton and McIntyre's stupid shit you know orton's bragging about how he's the only one who's pinned drew in almost a year it breaks out into a brawl and i dozed off
2: Spoiler, they fought all night and apparently it took till the end of the show for security to be like, Hey, stop them.
1: Yeah, all the Kings laid horses. Uh Alistair Black has a match against Kevin Owens. I do like Alistair Black throwing Kevin Owens into the I am the table announced table spot. Um
2: interesting angle. He threw him from Owens was standing on the barricade behind the announcer table and he tossed him from there onto the table. Yeah. Owens he landed at such an angle when the top sheet came off, I thought the table broke.
1: Yeah, Owens takes some nasty blows in this. That face first into the chair, that sweep into the chair, that meteor into the chairs look really brutal.
2: Shit, fucking Owens takes these bumps where like this. I'm convinced this man doesn't give a shit what happens.
1: Yeah, and that being said, he goes over with a stunner and the powerbomb through the table, finishing Alistair Black. Before I believe they they're no longer on the same shows anymore. Anyway, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're, but, they're switching shows, so this was their last. That was The
1: end of that feud. Uh, Miss TV interviewing mandy and dana who now have new music that presenting them more as a tag team um lars sullivan shows up here too right uh
2: did he show up here i remember he? he showed up either showed there
1: up. Or in the next segment i remember he showed up somewhere
2: yeah i think it was the next segment he showed up
1: yeah and he and they mentioned that he's definitely making his presence felt up i mean felt <sighs> you know
2: i genuinely had to think that they say that shit on tv
1: you get a five-star match somewhat for, for at least for raw with the triple threat with Jeff, AJ and uh, Seth Rollins. But unfortunately this gets interfered with by Elias who winds up hitting Jeff in the back with his guitar. And I can't believe that they went all the way back to the mystery man who hit Elias with his car, which they're now saying we don't know who it was. Uh, I totally forgot about that. I thought that that was wrapped up with the Jeff Hardy, Sheamus shit. Apparently not. Um, so here we go. The storyline, the Smackdown is continuing on raw. Um, just very weird. Uh Lana and Natalia. There was an interesting storyline with them. But before I even get into the interesting storyline with them, I'm gonna show you what they put on social media before uh, Raw.
0: I'm sorry I feel you. I don't wanna feel you. I don't wanna feel you. I just feel so
3: like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting
4: a different result.
5: And I just, am I insane? Well, let's not let anybody see us crying. Let's just pick her, yeah. pick ourselves up, dust ourselves
1: off. I look at that music.
4: Track, okay? OMG! We are
5: going.
1: Let's skip all this. Let's get to the door. All the time. She's the
5: boat. Thank We saw all of this. Oh,
1: wow, it's wow. Our training. I'll link you guys to the whole thing if you want to watch it unedited. The social media right now. I'm training with the props! I'm ready! I'm ready! I'm ready! I'm ready!
0: I'm ready! 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 I'm ready!
5: I'm ready! 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 I'm ready!
1: I'm ready! 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 I'm ready!
5: I'm ready! 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 i am ready i am ready i and ready i am ready i i am ready i to ready i am ready i the the and i
1: uh, well, anyway, she had like a little bit of a breakdown there and, the training. I don't know if that was foreshadowing what was going to happen there. I found it interesting. They put that there, but, uh, she winds up losing her match to, uh, to freaking Dana and, uh, Mandy Rose. Mandy. And, uh, Natalia kicks it to the curb. Like she actually tells her, she's like, are you really that stupid? <laughs> and she's like, get out of here. I'm done. She's like, Just get out of here. It was like, you know, she winds up banning the team. And then coming back and buy her though, which doesn't matter because at the end of the day, uh, Natalia and her are going to be on different brands, uh, We'll get back to that later. But Garza winds up going on ending that tag team once and for all, with Garza being the guy they're pushing. Clearly, his injury wasn't that bad since they're both back. Um, the Fiend and Alexa show up afterwards, and they hit uh, freaking Andrade and Zelina Vega with dual sister Abigail's.
2: I love that when the lights came on, The Fiend showed up. It was bliss. Instead of The Fiend hanging on the, hanging on the turnbuckle.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. I assumed there was going to be him, so that was a nice little swerve there
2: and then he wanted to be on behind andrade and basically as we said before this uh twisted couple is now on raw so god Mm -hmm. help them on mondays
1: god help them uh ricochet pulls an eddie guerrero on cedric because he basically tells the herd business that if he wins uh they can never mess with him again but if they win he joins the herd business and then he comes in with the steel chair um and you know at the end of the day cedric's encouraging him to swing it but he uh he doesn't stay. He pounds it on the floor, and he throws it at Cedric, and then he falls. He feigns. He does the funniest thing. He puts his hand over his hand gets the fever, and he falls back, and the ref comes and sees and he, they, they disqualify He fresh
2: Prince of Bel-Air fainted that shit.
1: And that ends that feud. <laughs> that was so great. That motherfucker. Ah! <laughs> uh, and then we have the Battle royal, which whoever wins out of this, this dual-branded Battle Royale will become the number one contender against Asuka. And uh this is what, the fourth or fifth time Lana gets put through a table. Nia Jax puts her through a table during the Battle Royal. But this Number does four. lead, fourth? Okay. This does lead to a cool ending, though, because it comes down to Natalia and Lacey Evans. And Natalia has this awesome finish where she swings Lacey by her feet. She does that swing she normally does, but she swings her into the corner post on the outside of the apron. And that causes uh, her to just freaking fall, bad bump. But then it turns out that Lana was never eliminated because she took the table bump and she winds up kicking Natalia out
2: yeah whenever naya put her through the table naya dragged her under the middle of the or the bottom rope
1: right so uh yeah that is it that is pretty much raw and there were people excluded from this draft we don't know what a lot of the reasons are. some of them we do john cena wasn't included in the draft becky lynch we know she's pregnant goldberg was wasn't included but he still I has a but but he still has a few more years on his contract um the big show wasn't included edge still still injured um so i guess he'll be like a running samoa joe commentary on raw but he did say and we didn't have time to play but he did say he's not done with his in-ring stuff yet um the forgotten sons also weren't added uh sonia deville after she left she hasn't returned she wasn't added jinder mahal who's out with an injury Bo dallas who hasn't been around since december of 2019 2019 uh the Singh brothers um who have been in canada because of the pandemic mojo riley which we don't know. No one seems to know why he wasn't put there. Um, Jimmy Uso, because he's injured with his knee. And then Ivar wasn't put in there. And by the way, we didn't get to talk about it, but Eric is also injured right now too, and he just went through a surgery. So uh, both Viking Raiders were not put in it. There's a bunch of people. but I did see
2: uh, that Eric actually, I guess he'd been drafted to Raw
1: recently. Okay,
2: gotcha. So yeah, so some of the free agents have been thrown around. Like the two I saw were that Eric is going to Raw and that Selena Vega is going to SmackDown.
1: Right. All right. Well, I think that's it. Are we done? That was all of raw? That was all of everything, right? Yep. That is fantastic for me, man. I feel so accomplished, right?
2: Damn, we we lived. It, it it's like it's at this point, it's like me every time I get to a full 2 hours of G1, up, oh, I lived.
1: Every time you do right, you survived to live another day. I
2: I've I've reached that point in G1. I don't know anybody who regularly watches g1 like literally even if you can find me on twitter tell me if you hit that point where it's just like every time you make it through a night it's like a mini victory because that's me right now i just need to know if that's normal
1: (laughs) yeah that is that is me too it's me too all right guys this has been fun i'm really enjoying this season of wrestling with the community and with our chat room because there's so much going on and there'll be plenty more to talk about uh don't forget um, all the other stuff we do, we have other stuff going on this week. Uh, that being said, thank you to everyone who has been hanging out for this entire session. All of you who've been listening across iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, um, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, twitch.tv, talkbrunch.com, facebook.com. Pretty much any any place That you can find us Thank you to everybody Who has hung out And been here For all of those things Including our wonderful Live chat room Which had Willie B2 And Stasis Dreams As well as Cooler Ice Sayaman Senpai Thank you for the host As always sir George with a Z, King Quest KingQuest770 EB Gamer Dumpling Deity Thank you for the follow Welcome to the community Fat Laces P Cola Same to you Pixie Starler, Once again Thank you for the host Uncle Louie Thank you for the host as well Christian Click Thank you for showing up Weekly Planet 516 A.K. Ashley Thank you for being here As always Relic Night Owl 9000 Idol Lara Saddest Kitty And the rest of you lurkers out there Ladies and gentlemen You've been listening to Talk Brunch Live Episode 414 Hosted by yours truly Rick Dyer A.K.A. Captain Brunch For myself and my co-host Destin Glow Frasier We're out of here We all keep it glowing now
2: Welcome back, Captain.
6: Shut it down!